<laughs> Welcome to the Honest War Game. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Interesting My Money Show. But, oh no, I haven't updated it properly. I did the other oh, one you? with the thing. I'm joined by Dan. Dan Unsupervised is back, and it's so great to see him. And I've called myself Dan, and I'm Rob, and it's just all changed. Dan, That's how right. are you? You can, you can be Dan. I can be Owen. Um, I can, I, I'll be anything you want me to be. Just, just, just please give me money. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's effectively Same. me every day. Uh, uh, yes, it's me. I'm here. Hello. Hello. I've missed Hello, you all. Bud. Hello, bud. Hello, bud. Great to see uh, you. Uh, we are live in front of a Twitch audience. Uh, we've got Brad Clover, who had, oh my God, the most insane fucking army. I will actually say this. I saw. I will say this. I think it's the most insane army I've ever seen in my life. Oof. So, I don't know what to. I don't know what that. That I mean, that's a tall order. Like, if if you think about all of the things that have been uh, been done, but I mean, I I obviously just follow along with the pictures, like everybody else who scrolls through Twitter and Instagram and things like that, and they're they're heart stopping. It's he's probably responsible for a number of deaths in a time when he really shouldn't be uh, out there trying to kill anybody. Um, but at least, I mean, I'd rather die of, of gorgeous model heart failure than of, uh, of, you know, the Coco Vovo. So like he's credit to him there for bringing a beautiful way for my eyeballs to explode. Yeah. Gorgeous work and a brilliant job done by him. So he should be super chuffed uh generally uh so yeah like if you didn't see so he basically created a seraphon this was at bobo who's at bobo this weekend obviously i was there uh not doing coverage but doing coverage and we'll talk about that in a moment um uh like it was it's a seraphon army but it's been rebuilt out of necron stuff so it's kind of like a kit bash between mm. the two with some other stuff with some like aggressive uh like uh not even highlighting i like cell shading sort of like very much like ashmi kewin's kind of gargan army a bit mm -hmm. uh, not maybe quite as cartoonish it was just crazy like honestly gobsmacking i went up to the table a couple of times i was like <laughs> i did this and i was like <laughs> i don't get that like <laughs> like like if, like if a stone age <laughs> I, man saw a computer they'd be like i don't i'm i'm out i i i don't comprehend what i'm seeing Yes, uh, and Brad, feel free to link your Instagram or uh, Twitter in the chat, please, because that would be great. Uh, so that was this weekend. But we were joined by Brad. I see Joe Crow in the chat, Scarlet Sleeper, Bobbin, hello. Pedro Fantastico, MJ Pegasus, Nurgle, Matthew, Stabgrot, Plus in the shout. Diagen, Matt Readiness, Speckles, nice. Gorka Morka, MJ Pegasus, you babe. Uh, so uh, just me and Dan today. Uh, Nathan is actually still playing his final game uh, from Bobo. Like he's like that one. <laughs> he's he's there. It's it's been a really long it's one. They've three. had a lot of beers apparently. They're in turn three. It's yeah. the top of three. It's not the bottom of three, but it is the it's the bot. Mm. It's the top of three. Uh, but they've got there, so he is still uh, playing his game, um, uh, which is a lot to take in. Hi, David Adams. Big love to you, uh, Pete Pratt, Bobbin. What up? Uh, so he's still playing. So he's not going to be here this week, but he will be next week, and we will get a battle report from him uh, from his games at the weekend. Um, it's a it's i think it's mostly just there's so many uh there's so many roles and you know they're they're using chess clocks and whatnot but they set the time far too high and nath mistakenly thought he needs to use all of the time my favorite bit was uh, so my, he's just using it to drink my favorite bit was nath why are all your games taking so long and he said oh my turns are fast and i was like okay he's like my opponent's turns are slow and i'm like 
Nathan, it seems unfair for you to say that when you're the consistent theme. <laughs> he was like, no, no, their turns are slow because I talk to them during their turns. Like I like have long conversations <laughs> during their turns. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this this checks out. Yeah, no, now that that makes it look yeah. <laughs> Far out. Uh, uh, yeah, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I I remember when we played a game and. Uh, it was it was bloody specky, like it was awesome. I, it was my dispossessed versus his gobs, and this was when uh, when the endless spells were still young. And God, that it was it's exactly that. It's because you want to talk to the man. It's devastating. I'd almost wish he was less personable, so you didn't feel like you had to have these beautiful conversations. Then we'd be like, we'd be waxing lyrical and all that, and then go, all right, fuck it. Okay, well he stabs him in the face. Yep. Okay, he's dead. Great. And like, then you realize you've got to get back to the game, and it's almost a, a, it's almost like the the light dims because you were having so much fun sinking beers and screaming about shit. Yeah, he's just the best. He's just the best. So he's away. Uh, so Nathan's away. James is away. Also, he's having a couple of weeks off, uh, mainly to try and recollect himself. Uh, for he's he he was at Blood Tide at the team event, and I know he's at a couple of Age of Sigmar events again soon. Um, so that's fun, and that's nice because we've taken our time in digesting the Uruk Warclans book, which is good because apparently, like, we don't know if we're ever getting battle tomes. We don't know if we're even getting the models from the battle tomes that have been released at the moment. So there's <laughs> that to talk about in a moment. Today's show, we're going to be talking. I actually, I I found a photo of where they are, and it's the the Panama's blocked again. It's just another ship full of war dollies. Um, you know how like sometimes you can charge in Warhammer and and come in sideways to maximize frontage. Yes, that's what a, another boat did in the Panama <laughs> in, in the canal. There, it just it, it went. It came in and it wanted to maximize like lock in, and so it just straight into the side there, rolled it a twelve, um, and then realized it was engaged with I don't know null root or something that stops it retreating. That's been the issue, I think, is that there's a combination of null root and large dragon frontage. I, yeah, I think uh, they're never coming out. They're Schrodinger's dragons at this <laughs> point. Uh, Schrodinger's war scrolls. Um, so yeah, James is away, but me and Dan are going to take you through uh, what I think is actually very exciting. Uh, the bone splitters. It's not thrilling but it's not maybe as bad as it maybe seemed initially uh, i would argue like looking at it in post um i've been desperately but if anyone can help me out by the way i've been desperately trying to find the goddamn um uh rogue idol war scroll where does it live now because it's not on the website uh so that's a side note just for me uh, and the twitch chat anyway um uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, before we jump into anything else, and we're talking to the news or anything, Dan, how are you? Well, what's been going on? I'm good. I I will freely admit that I've slammed busy. Uh, I I can I think I'm finally allowed to say that the, the show I'm working on because it's been announced, even though it's absolutely probably not that exciting to most of you. But if anyone in this, the chat is a fan, uh, I'm working on Virgin River, uh, which is uh, Netflix like emotional season uh, three comedy kind of thing uh season four we're oh, on season four shit. at the moment i can't believe it is the, is the doc okay <laughs> i fucking love virgin river man yeah <laughs> oh my god oh my well, god i'm working on i'm working on season four where we're in the second half of it and uh and we've been confirmed for a season five which will be going back uh it'll be in in the next year and uh and I have a so the big issue, right, is that Virgin River was the second most uh, popular uh, series Netflix had for quite a while in the world, and the top in the US, which means we have a lot of weirdly intense fans, like just 
just really, really, really intense. And the thing is, like, on Peacemaker and on a bunch of these other things, uh, even Space Force with, like, Steve Carell, you get paparazzi and you get weird, like, stalkery fan people hanging around, and that's fine. But the weird stalker fans for Virgin River are the the creepiest I've seen. Like, and so... I'm not saying that that's you, Rob. Uh, I'm just do, saying that... Are you like, telling the people me that, that I look like a Virgin River fan right now? Because I'm going to say you, I do. You straight up look like an extra. <laughs> like you, you, we could cast you tomorrow and have you sitting in Jack's bar singing uh, very fake. But uh, I've very always wanted to go to Jack's bar. Years. Always wanted to go. Uh, well, I can take you. Come visit and we'll go. Right, it'll, be, uh, it'll be great. We'll, we'll shoot some pool. Uh, so I've been working on that, uh, which has been long because we were shooting quite a bit. But it's kind of beautiful because anyone who has watched the series, and if you have credit to you, you love your little heartwarming Ted Lasso emo drama stuff, and I'm right there for you. Um, we've been, we go to these beautiful locations and they're stunning. So I, I get to go to all these picturesque spots around the place and then stand there for 14 hours watching seals eat salmon. It's great. Uh, so that's that's been my life. It's been mostly dominated by work but it is canadian thanksgiving so on this day of thanks i am mildly hungover from last night and slowly prepping my bowels for the sheer amount of bird that they will be required to digest over the next like 12 hours well lovely it's nice to nice to catch up with you have you during this busy period been able to do any work Uh, so hobby, hobby 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 sorry no, 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 no. This is work. Like that's that's hobby. The thing that keeps me employed and and making money. That's 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 the hobby. That's the thing that I choose to do for lifestyle. Obviously, war dollies is work because that's what I do to survive. Um, and I've I've only gotten to to scratch the surface on a little bit of war dollies, mostly because I want to uh, I want to to get the dragon stuff first because i really want to convert up some of that and put one of those in my gray water army um i've been playing i've got a, a couple of online soulbound games from the you know the rpg uh the the age of sigma D thing and i've yeah been playing the heck out of that loving a good bit of that but as far as uh war dollies themselves go i just joined uh and i'm so sorry to do this on the age of sigma show. okay do it. i am I am. I feel dirty, but I just joined uh, like a little local 40k kind of slow grow league. What because is it? I'm exactly going about 40k, 40K. The, the incredibly polarized meta. The uh, the like the are you super into the Black Templars and being a white supremacist? Like, what um, is it, Dan? What is it that? Well, you know what they say is that all the Black Templars are dentists because they're just trying to keep it all white in there, uh, but. The, the and that's that's actually their catch cry when you translate it. It just says all white is all right, and I'm that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I, that's why I couldn't be a black templar. Um, it's just the fans. No, I, it's just the fans that make me uncomfortable <laughs> to be around. It's just the fans. It's 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 all you're already playing a game and playing Space Marines where it's like we're crusading and coming and bringing light to the darkness, and then inside of that there's a subsect of just they literally were like, hey, how do we identify? the toxic people that play space marines like the most toxic of the toxic they're like how do we do that and they're like let's just create an entire like subclass of army it's like to catch, a, pre- it's like to catch a predator but a space marine <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what it is that's what it is uh, no uh so i i got an idea in my head that i i played around with uh for a little bit when like many many years ago and i kind of i haven't been able to shake it which is i want to do a tyranid army and convert it up kind of like 
you know, in Gears of War, how it's all like this, the, the, the locust, like, uh, biological, but then with like tech stuff. So like, I want to do like a, uh, Mechanicus controlled Tyranid army. So Carnifex is in big pacifier helms, like controlling their thoughts and, uh, zoanthropes in like vats of goo attached to a whole bunch of cables and things like that. So it's like the Mechanicus is kind of controlling how they work. Uh, and which is why it needs to be slow grow because if I'm planning on converting that heavily, it's going to take a lot of time and all my money. Well, it sounds fun. Um, but I'm officially a Canadian permanent resident now. Oh, so Canada and North America, this is, I'm, I am a, I am a Northern person, like the Northern hemisphere at least. Okay, well, uh, good. Uh, I'm glad you're there. Congratulations. Mm. We get a round of applause for Dan in there. That's fantastic. Uh, like that's uh, that's really really good. I'm really happy for you. Uh, that's good. Canada also home to some of my favorite uh, Warhammer people. Anyway, so uh, it's great. Mm. It's it's the colonies. The colonies uh, uh, play the weirdest Warhammer. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna not touch that. I mean, we've already touched some controversial <laughs> subjects. We're gonna leave all the rest of that alone. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, anyway. Um, uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the news, uh, and there mm. isn't tons of news apart from there is a new vampire model on the way. Uh, that's the kind of hot piece of news at the moment. I don't know if you've is seen she this. Wearing a bone corset. A corset. Like, is that a? That's a bone. Yeah. I'm not sure to be honest. Like it's it's pretty. I'm going to try and bring it up on the screen so for you guys to see. It's pretty, it's pretty I, special. Um, well, I guess it's not really a corset. It's like a boob corset. Like, it's just explicitly for the chest. So, uh, I'm going to show you guys. So, this it, is Warhammer Day. Um, so, the 30th of October. Uh, there they are. And uh, there's there's two special uh, soldiers out, uh, or uh, miniatures out. There's a model that looks like, I think, every model that they've released, like Space Marines. And then... Uh, there's a cool vampire, uh, generally. This is the real difference yeah. between the, the two game systems, in my opinion, right here. There's, wait, haven't mm. they released that guy? Versus, oh my God, am I aroused? Yeah? Well, am I scared? I, I'm going to say, this is one of my favorite models I've seen released so far this year, because I think it's this, like, just looking at it, right? Yeah. I think it's this wonderful combination of it's like Nosferatu and disturbing and it's clearly not attractive, but the way that they've done like the outfit, the legs, the lines of it, it's still like, there's something sensual about it. And I know that that sounds like a weird thing to say. And the chat's going to be like dance into vamps, but uh, it's okay. Don't kink shame me. I, it's more that I'm just really, really excited that, to find that balance. You know, it's, it's not, they've put the two things together i just think it's a really well designed uh design model and yes i'm very very sus <laughs> uh but uh but no i i dig i dig it i think it's one of the coolest models we've seen released this year uh it clearly is attractive Agile. uh the vamp lady is very v attractive uh also reminds me a lot mm. of um uh midnight mass which i watched recently uh, so that's mm. exciting. So there's a Warhammer Day, and this model may be available at that point. Uh, the other piece of news, I guess, is on pre-order yesterday, we found out that nothing was on pre-order. So the, the, the rumor of the Drake mm. Guard uh, being, um, again, it's fine. If they're like, hey, our production issues, we're not going to get them for three months or two months or uh, eight months or whatever, it's mm. fine. Just maybe mention it. That would be cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, just, exactly. just do that. Because, like, if that's late, does that mean the upcoming Nurgle Battle Tome is going to be late? Like, what do we yeah. what do we think? Right? We're not sure, basically. So, uh, I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Right, so before we get to the... I, oh, go on, FT. I, I also just wanted to point out with that Space Marine model, anyone who's looking at it or uh, hasn't taken a peek yet, he also has... He's just... He's carrying his pistol in a clearly phallic way. And it's like, mate... You, who are you trying to impress? Like his his pistol is literally hanging down, like like it's his um, bajinga stick, and I just I think that that's it's sad for him. It's sad that he's trying so hard. It's like, mate, just just be confident in yourself. Uh, you know, if you can't love yourself, how is anybody else going so, to? And that's that's, uh, that's really, I guess the that's lesson a, he that's needs a really to learn. Good point. Yeah. That's really well done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right. So some news. Uh, we already did event results this uh, this morning. Actually, me and Owen went through that on the stat show. So that was quite fun. Bobo was just this weekend as well. If you guys um, were expecting to get some live coverage, and you're like, where the heck was it, Rob? Uh, and you didn't catch the show earlier. Just a quick one. Um, uh, the internet at the venue didn't work, so we tried to take our mobile internet, but it was it was like a sub basement the venue was held in, uh, and so the Wi-Fi did not cut through. Not Wi-Fi, the, the mobile signal that we were trying to use didn't cut through. So unfortunately, that's not there. But we did record a bunch of player interviews and a bunch of recorded games, which will be going up, um, uh, like will be going up in the future uh, for you guys to witness. We are also at in two weeks' time. We'll be at War in the Heartlands. So if you guys want to tune in for the coverage of that, uh, that's going to be held over in Leicester and we'll be live streaming that. That's five rounds. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And we're also at the Age of Sigma Six Nations event uh, on the 14th and 17th of November um, and also the next Bobo, uh, the most uh, the upcoming one. So if you guys are excited about some live coverage, that's just a kind of a bit of a, a news update on that. Mm. Um, uh, so just a little bit of a sprinkle, just a little bit of a tease. Just a bit of a tease. It's gonna be really fun. Um, uh, so that that that's really exciting. Mm. And the other bit of news I'd like to uh, I'd like to bring up before we kind of get into talking about bone splitters. So if you are excited about mm. that, like look for a timestamp below. Uh, is events so a really heartfelt a really really heartfelt uh post was put out today and of all places tga the the place that reason logic and also boomers go to uh post their thing so uh shout out to mark uh who posted there um is he's never heard of twit longer apparently like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's to post their um thoughts feelings and sadly often venom uh is what what seems to to sneak out there uh so it, 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 he he put out an idea into a not a safe space might be the 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 best way to put it yeah. into a space that that is the the bone lands where stone horns go to die <laughs> so it brought up so I, I may have talked about this on the show before and if i'm repeating myself please let me know uh, but i'm going to ask dan's opinion and twitch chat most importantly if you're watching it on youtube i want to know your thoughts on this subject as well because i think it's actually a really important one um i actually also thought tj was closed until uh this information dropped so uh me and owen on the same place uh and also hey whoa hey in the chat gorgeous fella stonehill strong don't bully my people we won't uh hey whoa we're apolo- we apologize uh, strong in the don't they headbutt themselves to death at some point isn't that like literally how they they get to a point where their brain starts turning to stone and they want to die and they headbutt them they like find a big mountain and headbutt it to death like until either the mountain collapses on them and kills them or they do enough damage to their skull
skull that they finally. I'm pretty certain that that's like Stonehorn. They also eat like, lightning. Cannon. They eat lightning. So yeah, they could also eat lightning. Yeah, they eat so, lightning. I, but I get that. You know, like some days you just have a really tough day and you're like, I just want to headbutt a wall until I can't feel anymore. Never. Stonehorns are literally every hungover person in the shower just going, why did I drink the extra shot? <laughs> Their brain turns to smooth stone, but that's when you start playing for the first double. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I think actually there's a certain point where all uh, more tribes, uh, ogres actually become... Um, Sons of Behemoth players. I don't know when it happens, but there's there's some sort of point where your brain atrophies enough that that's where you're at. It's it's when they stop wanting to paint. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. They, they they get like forty noblars and they're like, I hate my life, and that's when they get there. Right. So Dan, okay, Twitch chat. Mm. This is the topic. This is the topic. We're going to talk about an ecosystem uh, for a little bit, mo- a little bit, uh, and I know that's one of my favourite subjects, but uh, it makes all of you hate the conversation. But you fucking live with it. Live with it, chat. Fucking come at me. Let's go. Uh, the um, that Mark's post that he posted on TJ was about events and specifically ticket price, and I think it's a really good conversation, right? The kind of crux of the point was. Uh, that there was a point in England, and again, it's quite nice because Dan, you're kind of regionally, uh, mm. like you've you've been you you've obviously been in Australia and you've been in events there, mm. and also similarly, uh, you've been over to Canada, and and we know know a mm. bunch of NA people. Um, but for a while in England, we had a lot of events, and some of the most major events, i.e., the prestige of going to the major event, because I do think I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think I think events are the most the, the most unique selling point of event seems to be the mm. size of the event it's mm. irregardless of anything else like it's in yeah. a bin to quote Hugh uh, it's in a bin but it's got 700 people I'm going okay it's at Buckingham Palace mm. but there's 30 people fuck it I'm not going seems to be the general yeah. kind of feeling and vibe right okay um, yeah that checks out uh, yeah. I think uh, I think that seems to be the the general kind of theme and actually when when mm-hmm. so uh, bobo was meant to have 60 players this weekend and actually 30 players didn't turn up but because all the tickets were booked like two years ago before covid basically um and he also, right. and he's also okay. split the yeah. event into two uh, and it was really nice actually i've been holding 16 man events here mm. at the arena really friendly really nice but people always get really hype about mm. the fact that there are eight million people but you can't eat the terrain is like four bits of styrofoam there's no mats um yeah like so there's there's a couple of things i think the point generally is that many years ago we had a bunch of tos in england that charged x number like about 40 pounds in england yeah um and they Mm. did nothing with the money that they generated you didn't like you didn't go one year and think this was great and then next year they go this is awesome yeah we've added eight tables of terrain with the money we made from last year or whatever the situation right um, oh, we've yeah. improved the food this year. Next year, we've done this other thing. So it, what we ha- there was it. It was just it was generating income, like it was generating income for someone, but not increasing the the experience. Yes. Uh, oh, it's a really interesting point. T Man Cash says Capital City Bloodbath is something like 150, 150 Canadian. How much is one hundred and fifty mm. Canadian in GBP? Let's have a little Google of this. I think it's around the pounds. sixty. Uh, so they okay. so he says that capital city bloodbath is between 150 and 200 canadian right mm. so somewhere between That's... 88 and 117 pounds 
for conversion. Mm. And I'd be interested, drop if you, I don't know which regions you're all in. I see some Norwegian dude. I'd love to know your event prices and if you could convert it into mm. uh, GBP for me so we can get a kind of uh, rough uh, uh, tier. Thanks, some Norwegian dude, for donating a gift sub to Haywo. Uh, and if someone's listening to this show and hasn't gone and checked out Heywo Twitch, go check out his Twitch channel and his YouTube because he's a fucking superstar and he's hilarious. Um, so, because of that, mm. Dan, in the UK at least, yeah. I'm going to say, and actually specifically England, what we did was we had a huge swath of time where there was no actual improvements made to events at all. Yeah, mm. uh, and so and we didn't yeah. even generate uh, like a community set of terrain or mats. Mm. boards so leading into doing some fairly large-scale events some tos have had to invest like a huge pile of money and then they're, they're right yeah yeah and yeah. and then before and then oh the first year we've run at a loss this is one of mark's points second year we've run at a loss um but maybe on the third year we'll make some profit or a fourth year we'll make some profit mm. which is a long time mm. like um and i wanted to know how you felt about event pricing before we do anything mm. else how do you feel about I, pricing Twitch chat? How do you feel? I genuinely, I don't have a cap on how much I would pay for an event to be completely honest. It depends on what is like, what the experience of the event is like I, I would. And yes, there's an appeal when you go to an event, like with 200 people, it's, that's you're you're building the scope and the scale and there is absolutely value in there it's like um if you were to to think about it logically cancon over in australia there is no reason that it was one of the biggest age of sigma events in the world several years running uh it shouldn't have been it was the middle of goddamn summer in a hot aircraft uh hangar that was barely uh, uh air conditioned and yet massive everybody wanted to go it was like a pilgrimage that everyone went on because the people were great it was run very well and that like the value was there and the experience was there but i think i wouldn't mind paying 150 200 for an event um to to if if the experience was there and by the sounds of things it it absolutely was just by uh by uh, t-man's like well, so there. he's talking about uh, Capital City Bloodbath, which is an event I've attended yeah. in Canada. So that's run by mm. uh, the Canhammer guys. Yeah. Dan, the food was mm. insane. My favorite bit, by the way, yeah. is during the food queue. <laughs> uh, this is a little side note. I went through the food queue and there was some mm. like caterer that they'd clearly hired in. And they had mm. this huge like mixed fruit. Um, uh, I don't know what the service sort of thing is. It's some metal dish, mm. whatever, whatever people serve things. Yeah. In. Uh, like some metal dish, and like, and it was like all of the pizza slices, or like there was a bunch of amazing food. Basically, all of that was gone. Yeah. And then there was just the guy with the ladle the next fruit. to the fruit, and it, I was like, "You're probably not going to get a lot of work there, mate." Like to be honest. You're... <laughs> go go take a fiver, have a coffee, mate. You're you're done for the day. Uh... <laughs> hey, big goldfish, what's going on? Uh, um, I'm just, but it's like, but I'll also say, uh, over here, one of the, like the second event I ever went to when I moved to Canada was called attack X yeah. and the last two years because of COVID it's been on and I've bought a ticket as soon as I could. And then it, uh, it unfortunately couldn't run due to restrictions due to everything, um, uh, going on there. But I, and they've, they've come out and it's really, it's one of the most heartwarming things, honestly, is that 
both times they were like, okay, we're going to process refunds. We're going to sort this out. And the majority of people, and they put up a spreadsheet so you can select what you want and then they go through and they either refund or do it. The vast majority of people opted to leave it in their hands, not to roll it over into a ticket next year, but like add this to prize support next year, add this, like buy more terrain, increase the, the, the quality of your event. And I was the exact same person to do that. Like I, like the last two years, it was a $75 entry fee, uh, 75 Canadian. And the last two years I was like, bugger it. I don't like, I would rather leave that with you to make sure this event survives COVID than, than anything else. And I just, I think that that's really nice to see because that's clearly a well-valued event in the community over here. Otherwise people wouldn't be like, take my money. Take it. Yeah, so just I would rather you have it. I think it. there's a I think there's a really healthy conversation about what people want from events. And I think also events mm. being at different price points is is really valuable. Like IE, like um and I want you to all know this as someone who's very poor. Yeah. Like I don't really want things to be more expensive generally. But what I do want, mm. and I think this is kind of like maybe the impassioned plea that I'll get to at the end of the conversation, mm. is what I do want is the ecosystem that we play in to be better. I'm kind of mm. fed up with wooden boards with no mats, truthfully. Like mm. I'm genuinely not really fucking arsed with an event where they have low tables. And they're like... And the TO, fair play to the TOs who are making the effort. They're like, these are the only tables we can find. Like, the, the only tables that are cost-effective are these low-ass tables. Yeah? Mm. And I'm like, I'm 6'2". I don't want... Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's, like, it's super weird. It's like, if you're like, all right, we're going to go play footy, lads. Yeah? For the weekend, for a lap. Yeah. You're like, cool, where are we going? And you're like, well, this swamp. This fucking dirty swamp. You're like, all right, what, we're going yeah. skiing. Where are we going skiing? Down this rocky mountain with no snow. Like, it's just a, a terrible situation, it's, right? Where's our bed? Uh, we've got a uh, broken glass recycling plant. Jump on in there. Have a cheeky little snooze, mate. Like, you're, you're like, this is, yeah, it's it's not, there's not value there. And that's, I, I would absolutely agree. As I'm, I'm only just six foot. I'm, I don't get the flex of saying I'm over that. But at four games... Like by the fourth game, I literally have like it, it. Maybe it's just old man Dan. Like my shoulders killing me, my back's killing me from leaning over, and and yeah, I I completely agree. But also I've, it's interesting going to events like uh, for me I use CanCon as an example. Every year, uh, they were working to increase the amount and the quality of terrain. They were trying to make sure every board, like between the stuff that they brought and what they collected. And I think that there's something to be said for tournaments building, you know, and, and starting from the ground up and building over the course of a couple of years. But then that does mean that you, you can't just charge a high amount and rest on your laurels unless you're kicking ass and taking names. And the best, the best events would never do that anyway. Yeah. Like, well, see, actually, Dan, this is the thing where you say the best events, but you assume that those exist. And actually, that's kind of what I want to, mm, it's kind of what I want to true. make the, the point is, is that Mark's, uh, and I'm going to leave it in the show notes, Mark's, uh, who's run Blood Tithe uh, as his own independent event and also as mm. part of LGT. Um, which has been a pretty big one. Thanks, General B, for resubscribing and some Norwegian dude for gifting a gift sub. Thanks, everyone in the Twitch chat. Uh, you guys are great. Um, I'm barely five foot eight. Fuck you, Gigantor. Thanks, General Beef. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's all right. It's all right. It's it's. 
I, you'll be the, the reason, like, if there's something happens, you'll be the cockroach that survives, like, nuclear apocalypse, and the two of us will be the first people to grow tentacles and be meat to someone. So don't worry, it's yeah. good. It's a good place to be near it. Lower to the ground, lower center of gravity, you're probably better at limbo. Yeah, well, so, so this is where I'm at, right? If you ask me what I think the most important thing at an event is, right? Uh, I mean, the bar being close is pretty key. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. But actually... Hand dries in the toilet. Yeah, like, but ultimately, how do I feel? I reckon, like, I give a fuck about the actual space I play on, i.e. the board. And it's probably the mm. thing that's given the least attention. Like, TOs try their mm. hardest, but if you try and price up 40 boards of terrain, it's mental. Mm. Like, it's so much mm. money. So you can see why they're not what they... Like, what... What I'm trying to say is, it feels weird when you go to, and I'm not talking about food at the moment, because I think catering's always like pretty interesting, and I'm not talking about venues, although, again, Bobo, I think one of the reasons Bobo was so successful was held in the engine shed in uh, um, uh, in Lincoln, and it was this phenomenal venue with like big screens, and it was, it, it was mm. awesome. Same with Capital City, Bloodbath is another one. And all of the US events mm. generally are held in like big hotel convention rooms and they or casinos or yeah. Yeah, casinos are a good one. They feel pretty exceptional. They really, really do. They mm. feel pretty exceptional, i.e. is a location to go to. But I think if you mm. asked me if you, you you boiled it down, I want the terrain to be good. Like I want to enjoy mm. my game, because that's where I spend fifteen hours of two days. Yeah. Yeah. 15 hours in that space and everything around it. Like, I don't know if you, like, I was in uh, Krigslundtan. So I was in Sweden, sorry. Mm. <clears throat> so I was in Stockholm at the event Krigslundtan. It was held in this beautiful hotel, beautiful hotel. And as I walked in, I was like, oh my God, this is lovely. Then went into a room mm. where I spent 20 hours of my life, then left and was like, oh, this is really, really nice. And then I <laughs> left again. so nice out yeah. here, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. It, it was yeah. such a small... Um, uh, like mm. there was such a small amount of time I actually spent in the space, but I, you would spend hours on the tabletop. And the thing is, is mm. if you say, uh, "Hey, little Gork, hope you're well. Big love to you." If you were gonna like price up, and I would love you all to go and do this yourself. This is the the thing I would like you all to do for community research. Mm. Tweet at me. Like if you fucking tweet it at me, I'll retweet it. Like I'll like let's get involved. Like I will stand this conversation hard as fuck is go and work out what you think it would take to make a nice board. Not some stuff, mm. not a board, but like a fucking yeah. great board of terrain. Be like, that mm. is wicked and tells a story. Yeah. And then yeah. And then think about how much you're like paying for your ticket price. Because I actually think ticket prices are way too low. That's what I'm going to say. Not mm. maybe for your local tournaments you know if if a little local mm. tournament could hold a 20 man every weekend that's fine right but i'm like yeah. kind of sick of the conversation that events shouldn't charge a bit more like because like a lot of what i read in mark's mm. post and a lot of what i read in a lot of other posts have basically been people being like yeah they do it for they do it for the love or they do it um you know they do it for the prestige or whatever but i'm like fuck that they're working and it, when it's big enough when it's like 100 people or 150 people, mm. it's not fun. Like I saw Liam in the chat earlier, like uh, or tweeting yesterday, like, please, can you put your lists in? Like, please. Like, 
But if you just say, mm. oh, you didn't put your list in, you've got a zero for your first game, like tough tough luck, dickhead. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, that's not fair. Why am I not being treated like a princess? Because you're, you're not paying princess yeah. prices. You're, being, you're, being, yeah. you're paying to be treated like a mug. Yeah? And then you're, you're acting like you're a paying mug. to be treated like a professional. Yeah, I think, and that's that's I think where the step happens. Like if anyone who's played in a poker tournament, if you rock up to your local RSL and Gladys is behind the bar and you're all sitting at little trestle tables, fine. But if you go to a, a even a, a moderately sized poker tournament in even a small town, you'll have a, a, a decently talented dealer. You'll have nice tables, a good space, so people walking around taking drink orders. Like it's it's built into that. It's not the game that you're just there for. The whole, the experience of the whole thing is really, really important to the selling point to getting you there. And I completely agree. I would happily, happily be dropping uh, a very like two hundred plus dollars on a high quality event where it's like I am going to compete in a professional tournament. Like this is this is a grand slam. This is I'm, and that's what. That's why where I think I would then find it more fun because you can you can you can say, hey, lists are due by this date. If you don't get them in, that's all good. Uh, it's like, yeah, I just I, I think that you're 100 percent right, because and I think if someone did that, you would have a flood of people from around the world wanting to go to that tournament. The only the only issue that I think you would have is you would need to make sure you meet and exceed the expectations based on the ticket price. It, but if you did that overnight, you'd be the you'd be the grand slam of the world. Well, yeah, but that and that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at, right? Is that that would be to everyone listening around the world, whichever different local community you're in, because I know luckily lots of people from around the world from loads of different communities be they small little regional communities to big suburbs or wherever like um all over the world they have these conversations and they listen to the show and i want to say that like i honestly and i've been to a lot of events like a lot of events working with event organizers and it's always like a like a big hard task and and i do have a lot of love for them but and this is the important point like I I think you should vote with your wallet is what I'm trying to say. What I mean by that is is if a TO is like I, we're doing this this year but like cool how are you reinvesting any of this money into next year so it's better. And mm -hmm. when they're like well we're not not because they're taking a profit and they 100% should be allowed to take a profit it's called wages, mm. yeah? That's how it yeah. works, right? That's what the And it's not like and I've I've heard people also giving TOs shit because they're like, oh, what? It's just it's your weekend anyway. And I'm like, oh, no, it's it's the weeks leading up to it. It's the time they took off work. Or like if you don't value someone's time, then you don't get to complain about the quality of what you get. If your tournament ends up being shit, you don't get to be like, well, the TO didn't do anything. It's like, well, he probably wasn't getting any money. And I don't know about you, but do it for the love is it like it lasts on tinder but it doesn't last very long in the real world so <laughs> I, I i don't think that there's really a much of an argument there no i agree and I, I think that's the kind of thing you need to ask yourselves um and someone's asked me a question about setting up terrain and i'll answer that in a second um you've got to ask like which of the tos locally have got a plan because if they say okay it's 45 pounds for a ticket let's say yeah or 50 pounds mm. or whatever although the the difference is hilarious then like you'll see someone walking with a starbucks coffee yeah who mm. had the ticket price been forty-five pounds, uh, fifty pounds, not fifty pounds, would have been livid. And you're like, do you see, do you see, do you see? 
Anyway, but that doesn't matter. Um, ask the TOs, like, what are you doing for next year? And they'll be like, well, we don't really make any money. And you'll be like, okay, well, charge an extra tenner. And then, because yeah. from 50 people, that's 500 pounds. That could be, mm. it won't be five tables of terrain. To give you guys some example, it might be three. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, mm. or it might be five hundred pounds that they use on prize support. Like Brad Glover, who's in the chat, he got best painted this weekend. He walked away, away with an Archeon, which is a crazy, which is mm. amazing. But at retail, that's a hundred pounds, yeah, of prize support. Mm. Like that came out of the money that came in. Yeah, right? I think I honestly, if I would rate, and what I I've seen done a couple of times, it's not often, but a couple of times, tournaments like break down your ticket price as to where it goes. And that I rate incredibly. You know, they're like they'll they'll have they're like this is the the venue costs and catering and all of that. Then they've got this is the the uh, costs of paying the our staff and tos and all of that kind of jazz. Uh, costs of prize support, and then they'll have how much prize support was donated through sponsorship and things. And then like they'll have how much they're reinvesting into it next year I've, I've seen it done a couple of times the reinvesting into next year i've only seen done once but i rated that because i was like it's really easy for people who might have a problem with ticket prices to see like 60 pounds 80 pounds and get really furious and upset about that but when you see that breakdown you're like oh okay like there's a huge chunk of that is the venue so if my ticket if they got paying 40 bucks per uh, 40 pound per ticket goes to the venue if this was only a 50 pound event they'd only have 10 pounds to pay themselves get prize support invest into next year all that kind of jazz when you actually put that breakdown i think it helps sell the legitimacy of yeah your event. but uh, and i don't think they need to necessarily even like break it down like like i understand what you're saying and that would be very transparent which would mm. be great but if they were like hey this year this is our ticket price next year we promise to have 10 high quality tables mm. yeah or 20 yeah. or or next year we plan to expand uh our resources we're going to have next year if we uh, make enough money we're going to pay someone to do table service you know amazing that's great yeah you know whatever it is yeah because ultimately like i get that it's got a bit of a diy vibe because we're diy guys right we build our own stuff we scratch mm. build things we forage in the forest for some leaves and we dry them and we put them down yeah <laughs> But yeah. like, there's no way that events aren't going to become stellar if we never invest mm. in them being stellar. And also if we support yeah. TOs who don't work towards those goals. That's the thing that mm. really bothers me. Because it's like the yeah. universities. Dan, you might not know this, but here in the UK, I'm sorry this turned into such a long one. It wasn't meant to be, but it, it's important, I think. Mm. That's right. Um, because I'm hoping, like, I, I kind of want to do like a, like some really inflammatory statements so it becomes a conversation piece where like Rob called people pricks and then it becomes like a whole Twitter war, but actually several people actually yeah. converse about fucking tournaments which is what i'm that's okay sometimes sometimes you need to start the fire to light a match <laughs> you know? that's why i get the terrorist uh, moniker that's thrown at me quite quote. a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, that, that, that's a quote that i i'll go down you know when it's like sometimes you need to start a fire to light a match mm, it sounds deep but then when you really analyze it you're like this bloke doesn't know what he's fucking talking yeah. about that's that's the kind of quote that i think we need to apply here um but yeah i i I agree because I think for a really long time, people have 
it's been uh, like there's great events and there's everything like that, but you're hundred percent right. We almost value tournaments based on the amount of people that go to them rather than the value on, uh, around the building of that tournament into something great. And I'll always say like the, my favorite ideal for a tournament was it, it was come up with by a bunch of drunk blokes in a pub and I, they may have pulled it off since then. It was the D3 Mortal Wounds crew back in Australia. And they had this idea to do this tournament on this upper level of a pub, five games across uh, two days. But the last game, like the final round, was only people in contention for the top. So there were only going to be like two or three boards playing at that final round because that way it became a spectator event and everybody could grab beers, sit around. They were going to have like, you know, like you could – plug in and listen on your iPhone or radio or whatever like that to actually listen to the players and everything. So it could become a spectator final event. And I was like, holy crap, I'd like that. I don't know about you, but so many times for me, I get to like the fifth or sixth round of an event and I'm like, I'm tired. I'm beat. And I would love to watch the final. Like I would love to watch the guys playing at the tippity top table. And that really excited me. I, I know it's not going to be for everyone and not, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But for me, I was like, Ooh, feed me that. Cause I'd love a performance art piece at the end of my day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I get me in the chat. I said, uh, he would always return to a venue, uh, an event that he feels is worth it. Um, and if it was a mm. hundred pounds, but it was the, like the terrain from the first LGT, uh, with El terrain gate back in the day. Um, but then if it's a hundred pounds, it's a hundred pounds, but it includes nice tables and well organized, I will be back. And I think that's kind of the key feature ultimately mm. is because I think, I think the community have been holding TOs hostage. I think that's what's been going mm. on. I think ultimately it's the player base. Like, and that's fair. We all want to deal. Like I get you chat. I get you, podcast listener and YouTube viewer. I get it. We want a cheap deal. Yeah. We're like, oh, I don't mind bringing some terrain as long as it's five pounds cheaper. Like, whatever. Mm. Like, I, like oh, actually, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll play on the small board for a little bit, like lower board. <laughs> like, if, what, is, what is it? 30 quid now. Well, this is, this is decent. Uh, I'll play in the, in the toilet. This is, what's this? It's the toilet board. It's, uh, we didn't have enough room. One of them, it's 50% in the shitter. Um, try not to get any of your models wet. Yeah. Well, so ultimately, and the kind of the last question someone asked, because I've been to a lot of events and actually I would say that the the terrain in the TSN arena is probably the best I've seen. Obviously, I'm biased, but like I did work really, really hard. There are some venues and uh, Mm. spaces where the terrain uh, is more competently painted, uh, I would argue. But I would say that the, the terrain specifically, including a mat, is pretty good. And I got asked a question about what it would take to reproduce that or number one a better painter than me to like make it really valuable but like um uh it cost about 80 to 80 to 85 pounds per table to print Mm. roughly in cost that was kind of what i targeted and budgeted for so about um uh, 85 pounds uh that doesn't include Mm. the mat so the mat's an additional 50 pounds so you're now at a hundred and thirty five 135 and that doesn't include labor at all in producing i was about to say the one thing yeah that doesn't add in the time spent sourcing painting presenting preparing all that jazz too yeah uh so but like i don't know let's just say let's say it took me a day it didn't it took me several days but let's just say it took me a day Mm. and whatever a day rate is in your local currency Mm. so i'd say it's easily 200 250 maybe 300 pounds per table Mm. and yes 
it's good value and it's good and it's quality terrain. But that's mm. because that's what I wanted people to turn up to my venue and mm. have. So the next question is, is like, okay, so three, let's call it 200 to make it easy, 200 per table mm. for a TO to produce. You're looking at the TO has to make a thousand pounds profit mm. just to get five tables next year. Yeah. Like that's not, that's such a small margin, especially when all the TOs are breaking even. Right. And so my, my suggestion mm. is, and my thoughts are having read the article and the long end of this conversation is, Find the TOs mm. who are working really hard to say, next year we're going to do this. Next year we're going to do this. Mm. Next year we're going to add this on. Like, you know, we don't need hula dancers. Yeah. yeah. I don't need shot glasses with the event's name on because that's just a branding exercise. Mm. I don't want that. I want yeah. the space and the thinking about the space to be what we improve. Do you know what I mean, like, like uh, mm. another thing that came up actually the other day. Do you remember when we were at the Bobo Dam when you were over here? Yeah. And they hired yeah. Chris to do the professional f- photos all weekend. Mm. That was amazing, yeah. right? The photos were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, yeah. I don't know what a professional photographer costs for a weekend, but mm. whatever that is, add that on the but, ticket price, right? But it meant that the but the thing is, not only did the players have photos and cool photos of the event to to show people and whatnot. You, the prize support came through there as well. Best painted army, I think, and the the coolest army got a photo shoot, like a professional photo shoot done by him of the army, uh, unless I am remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, and I'm like, that's that's really, really clever. But also put that in your pack. Tell us. Because I think the thing you pointed out is really right. Like the organizers need to make money just to run it, just to be able to survive the time off to run it and all that. It's not like you see... Uh, a to like driving away in a bentley popping a bottle of dom perignon and just flicking it flipping everybody off and being like suck it nerds because they're so rich after the event they're often shattered physically and emotionally exhausted and all they want to do is curl up into a ball but i bet after about 30 minutes they're planning the next year the good ones are anyway they're not sitting there counting their dollars they're not sitting there being like oh yeah well we need to do that they're they're planning how to make the event better and they're the best ones. And they're the ones that absolutely they're bringing in photographers. They're doing different things. They have really weird, weird, naughty, but nice Santa either punishing you or giving you weird presents. Yeah, I'm not just. Speci- Which, I don't you know, want to that, just be specifically yeah. big up Bobo, although John and Johnny, I think, make no, a no. lot of effort. Like, and and I know that other TOs in the UK do as well. So I'd like to be super clear. Mm. Um, and the TOs who I think are, are worthwhile are people who I try and go back and do work with, basically. Mm. Um, uh, similarly, that Capital City bloodbath was fantastic. And uh, Jesus Christ, do you see Nashcon this year? Did you see the terrain mm. at Nashcon? Now that's mainly mm. Anthony Puto Castro, uh, Crazy Horse, just donating mm. terrain. To, he basically has crowdfunded his own event, yeah, with all of his terrain. It's fu- but you know what? He was ju- he's just the 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 um, philanthropist side of of that, right? Where he's just like, I really want to go to space, so I'm going to spend all of this money to create this business that gets me to space. He was like, I want a really really sick looking event. So I'm just going to force it into existence by donating all of this terrain. It's a lovely thing. <laughs> it's to a do. lovely like, thing to do. I will... like, but it also yeah. like it, like that isn't how that isn't how we as a community slash an economy slash 
mm. an ecosystem should be created. Because what happens in five years yeah. when Anthony can't be asked and all the terrain gets old mm. and knackered? How does it get... Re- how does it get recreated, right? Yeah. Like we need to invest in our hobby. We need to invest. It's like mm. I don't play at a local cricket club, but I'm sure there's some sort of dues that you play, um, uh, dues yeah. that you pay, yeah, so that mm. you um, like that your like your cricket club's roof gets fixed or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but it's I know I've said a lot, but I'm just especially after this weekend, deeply invested in event warhamming. <laughs> eventing war- mm. Warhammer eventing Warhamming. nailed it it's where people uh, come together to make their pigs fight and the loser is eaten and the winner gets to survive another day Warhamming yeah like and uh, I think Warhammer is best at events I know some people will say mm. I like just painting and hanging out at home I like watching battle reports I like listening to lore videos I'm fine but like the thing I give a fuck about most is Warhammer events and Warhammer events are just mm. great so I think we should charge more I think people should pay mm-hmm. more and I think that that money shouldn't just be used to give the same service because I think events where they have year on year only just repeated the process should put that money back into the event. And then when we see that mm. finally happen, yeah, I think five years time we could imagine what the glitz and glam we'd get in five years. We can't even imagine, mm. right? I All I want is literally someone walking around taking my orders and bringing me my booze. Like, I do, that's what I want. It's just, like, they walk past and they, they say, they're like, uh, do you want another one? I'm like, absolutely, I want another one. So that I don't even have to think about it. I'll be tanked by the end of the first game, but goddamn, I'll be happy. <laughs> I think also, side note, there always needs to be a bar. Always very close at hand. Yeah. Um, uh, even people who don't drink want there to be a bar so that the people who do drink are calmer. Yeah, I didn't even talk about food, but I'm not even going to talk about food. Yeah. Like, it's beyond mm-hmm. me. Um, right, okay. So I'm going to timestamp that cool. as 58 minutes. Nailed it. Shukunk. Shukunk. Yep. Uh, someone write that down. Let's for, cut it someone off. Someone write that down for Scrivo. Uh, let's message him mm-hmm. right now uh, so he can cut this. I think if he cuts this into two videos, it'll be better for the YouTubes, basically. Mm. Um, podcast, but podcast then, homies, but, you can listen to the whole thing. You, you guys are gangsters. But then, where, like, where will YouTube people post salty comments? Like, that's the that's the, the thugs. thing. No idea where like, the thugs will go. Yeah, like myself like i'm i've got some jerky that i'd like to prepare and if i don't have a reasonable amount of salt i'm not going to be able to do it so uh let's wax lyrical until they post something about i hate hearing about all of your thoughts and feelings i just want you to give me data (laughs) and then on the other side you have someone going how can you possibly think that you can give data when you don't actually know how to uh do the data like just let's just find the salt mine where they're uh, a perpetual motion engine of salt. I really enjoy, I really I enjoy like. how much the Twitch chat have decided that they hate the YouTube thugs and it's just a gang now. Like, there's two gangs <laughs> and they hate each other. And the, pod- yeah. and the podcast homies are just high as shit. They're just smoking weed yeah. on a chair somewhere. And very well hydrated. Just listening to it and they're like, I don't want to be a part of the conversation. I'm just here listening, ready. Mm. Um, or they're driving their car to work, probably, or back. Yeah. I... I would like to imagine that the the YouTube homies and the Twitch chat like dance battle each other like uh, in uh, what's it called? God damn, why can't I remember the musical? Uh, Romeo and Juliet musical uh, set in the thing. Come on, Twitch chat. Save me here. Uh, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Uh, <laughs> West Side Story. There we go. West Side Story. Click and dance battles. That's what I want. I want a West Side Story click off dance battle between YouTube I want, I want, and the I Twitch chat. I want the chat. YouTube thugs to form a team and play at the Super Series, the Twitch chat team. 
That's what I want. Yeah. <gasps> that would be so good. Yeah. Uh, right, anyway. Um, at the one hour mark, here we go. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Hello, everyone from YouTube. This is a direct to the Bone Splitters. We're going to talk about the Bone Splitters today. This is Rob and Dan from the Honest Wargamer recorded live on a Monday night on Twitch. Uh, everyone who's watching mm -hmm. currently live on Twitch thinks you're a dickhead. I don't know why. They've said <laughs> it in the chat. So if this is the first time you've listened to the Honest Wargamer, fucking buckle up, bucko, uh, because yeah. uh, we've been doing this for four years, and I don't give a fuck about yeah. your opinion. Uh, so yeah. of the Uruk Warclans book, which I hold up in my hand, uh, there Wait, are... Hey, oh, hey yeah. Rob, is that a paper book? It is a paper book. Oh, you can ask this question. Wow. Go on, ask the question then. Rob, why, I... why do you hate trees, <laughs> I guess? Games Workshop hate trees. As you can see here, uh, says it on my book. Designed, Dan. Can you see this here? Do you see the picture? It says the Union yes. Jack. Yeah. Would that make you think it's been made in the UK? Yeah. It, yeah. It would. Well, yeah. it isn't. It's actually designed in the UK. Big Union Jack, uh, and then underneath it, printed in China. So, but no Chinese right. flag. So. Um, mm. But I think what Dan's alluding to is we can no longer buy our battle tomes as digital books. You can only buy them as physical books, uh, and then you get a code in the back. Uh, I won't show you. There it is. I've already used it anyway, so screw you guys. And um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and inside it, it's got all the information. And you can use the app, which is a bit dodgy, but it does let you look for War Scrolls, which is kind of nice. Uh, but you can't buy them digitally, Dan. Or you can go on Wahopedia. Um, any of those things. <laughs> so... Uh, right. Uh, and in this, Uruk Warclans, we've already done the other two. We've done Iron Jaws and we've done mm -hmm. um, uh, the Cruel Boys. So now we're going to look at the Bone Splitters. Now, Bone Splitters lost a lot of rules. They lost a lot of rules from Age of Sigmar mm. 2 to Age of Sigmar 3. In Age of Sigmar 2, they didn't get lots of play. Uh, Age of Sigmar 1, they had lots of play with the Cunning Ruck. You had some play with them in Age of Sigmar 2. Generally, it was people throwing rogue idols at people. And guess what? That won't have changed in Age of Sigmar 3. But uh, they, um, they have given them some fun bits, I think. But they've definitely, as is the trend in Age of Sigmar 2, they've, uh, Age of Sigmar 3, sorry, they've reduced how many rules there are and so it's not quite as mm. once we settle on what the lists are going to be that's what the lists will be until points change drastically and generally if you're new to age of sigma 3 when games workshop change the points they'll say things like the meta has completely changed and uh they will have taken 10 points off an eidolon um just as deadly as yes. ever uh so uh like generally um not likely to change loads like they're not going to just immediately make savage boar boys uh like 50 points cheaper and then put up the points of a rogue idol by 100 points uh, it'll be like a five or ten point increment up or down so you actually the the book will stay fairly static probably now until there's another book or there's some new rules um is my general prediction not a fact uh but yes they generally have a lot less rules than um, uh, they even had in Age of Sigmar 2, but most of those rules in Age of Sigmar 2 were completely superfluous. No one cared about them anyway. So it really was... Um, I mean, there was a couple of people who would do dances, but that's about it. Anyway, should we talk about it, Dan? Shall we? Uh, we should. I just want to say, fuck you, Gitli, because now I can't unsee that my beard looks like a Victoria boxer celebrating with both his cloth fists held aloft. <laughs> now, I also can't unsee that. Thank you for nothing, <laughs> you bastard. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, I, I personally, I have been on the receiving end of an ass kicking from bone splitters a number of times, right from the cunning ruck filth into AOS two. Uh, there's a bloke around here, uh, goes by the name of Lugnuts, who is a mad keen bone splitters player. Uh, and just, he does weird destruction stuff. Like after the Holy Bananas magma dragon thing, he took three magma dragons, uh, he, all kinds of things like that. And beautifully painted armies, wonderful play. And and yeah, so I've I've played against his bone splitters a number of times. I think I've won one and lost three. So he's uh, he's quite fearsome with them. And I've, I'd be interested to see how, I haven't had a chance to play him since the changes. So I'd be interested to see how it goes. Well, so... The, the key mechanic, and Gorkham Walks kind of point in the chat, one of the key, not mechanics, but one of the key things about Bone Splitters in the last edition was they were quite famous for being monster hunters. That's kind of their thing. They mm. hunted monsters. Yep. Um, and literally split their bones. Like that, the, the Bone Splitters came from that. Yeah, you know, they split their bones. To get yeah. the good stuff. Um, yeah. And they've lost that, basically. Uh, like, mm. completely. So the the rules no longer reflect the law as we, as we knew it. Um, and I think if you're a bone splitters player who loved that 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 theme, uh, you're going to be fairly disappointed. I've said this. I don't want to be too down on this part, just because it necessarily isn't as. Um, uh, I, mean, I don't think this is as bland as the Stormcast book, personally. Like, like you literally have the Stormcast guys being like, huh, "Lol," but this hits on a three, and you're like, "Ooh." Ooh, calm down with your imagination, Stormcast players. Ooh, this one hits on a three, does it? Ooh. Gosh, you must be fun at parties. Yeah, licking walls. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. Anyway, so they've lost something that makes them... I love... I, that's that's a show for another day, is who, what allegiance is who at a party. Uh, that That's another day's show, obviously. But they have, if anything, because they've reduced what they have, I think maybe some of mm. it feels more impactful, I guess. And it also means you've got some like nice little fun bits, especially because previously you could... Uh, makes them fairly low drop, uh, and by drops, what we mean is mm. is uh, when you deploy, you alternatingly deploy. Whoever finishes deploying first gets to go first. Uh, because of the new core mm. battalions that you have in Age of Sigmar, when you can deploy um, in one drops, and everyone can now, it does give you some advantages, especially mm. with some of the strengths in this book. So anyway, let's talk about it. Yeah. So you've got three sub-factions. We'll talk about those in a moment. And then you've got a couple of battle traits. So these apply to any of the armies that you take if you take Bone Splitters as your allegiance. And this is War Paint. You've got a six-up ward save, which is whatever. Like, it's fine. Like, it, like whatever. I mean, it's particularly good on this army because it has a terrible save. Um, a and the, uh, it's, it also is easy to have a lot of wounds in your army as well. And across that many wounds, depending on the, the, the saves that you're taking for how much damage and whatnot, it... It adds up over time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's good. It's good, especially if you, if, especially Not if you, what you do is you put a lot of wounds on the board, and you might mm. do that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. So then you've got the bone splitter war, and I love this. I think this is great. Once per battle at the start of the combat phase, so it doesn't affect shooting. And if you guys are new again for some reason, and you haven't listened to any H C Mark content before, currently at time of recording, there's a fairly huge shooting problem slash meta salamanders sentinels basilodons cruel boys maybe probably not but whatever fucking mm. dragon fire but we'll ignore that um uh what else is out there like horror shooting well you don't need to worry about dragon fire rob because there are no dragons so <laughs> it's true it's fine. Uh, but it's fine. the the uh the it would be nice if this could be done in any phase 
you know, you run up against a mm. Zeech army and you're just like, right, we're going to activate this like in the hero phase. Like you go up against a Lumineth army, you're going to activate this in the mm. shooting phase. But it's not, it's just the combat yeah. phase. But you turn your six up ward into a four up ward, right? For one turn. Mm. And I actually like love this because as soon as I saw that, I was like, right. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you think about it, not giving your choice is more fun. <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. Uh, like it would be better if it had the choice, but it's an option now, and I actually really like that because it does mean that you're going to go and put something big in combat at some point. And I love that it's. Mm. I love that it's doing that. I think that's cool. Is what I'm saying. What do you think, Dan? Yeah. No, I I dig it. I think there's. Uh... It, it fits the theme and I get why it was done to be like, hey, like they're, they're combat, they're orcs, they're trying to tear things down. But it is also, there's so many stupid abilities that allow them to pop off in whatever damn phase they want that it seems odd to have such a wonderfully universal and, and character and like flavorful one for them that you don't let them use in any phase. Yeah. Like it, it, like I, I would say like Excelsis, right, is to, to give an example. For those who don't know, they have an ability where once per phase, you can choose a unit and roll a dice. On a two plus, they get plus one to hit. On a one, they get minus one to hit. But that you can do that in every phase, which means that you can charge me and I can unleash hell. I can use that ability two plus, I get plus one to hit. And then in the combat phase, I can use it on them again to give them plus one to hit in the combat phase. Like you... It's the, it's it's absurd. It shouldn't be that good. Like it shouldn't be something that strong. Shouldn't be usable in every single phase of the game. And yet, it well, is. An, uh, which means that if you've got, got like it can, if you've got an ability that lets you shoot in the hero phase, there we go. Plus one to hit in the hero phase. Plus one to hit in the shooting phase. Plus one to hit when you charge me. Plus one to hit in the combat phase. It's obscene. And then you've got this where it's like, just in the combat phase, have fun. Yeah, agreed. Uh, like, listen. It's not game-breaking by any chance, stretch of the imagination, but it no. does give you some utility one turn, right? Uh, but that's yeah. not all that they have. So, like, they, they actually are pretty... They, they've got quite a bit. They've got Spirit of Gorkamorka, which basically is in melee. They have exploding uh, sixes. So, basically, every six uh, generates an additional uh, two hits. So, like, you roll a six. Like one dice, and it roll a six. You now make two wound rolls. That's one exploding sixes, and that's per attack. If you have five or more models in your unit um again i quite like mm. that exploding six is quite nice when you've got that amount of attacks uh, and then you've got tireless trackers now this is the one that excites me the most it's not as quite as cool as sneaky tricks um uh, at all but i think this means that it and and tireless trackers in my opinion is what defines the army now yeah that now mm. tireless trackers is like cool it gives some speed to my army and it defines what the army is going to do. Mm. Uh, very much like the, uh, the more crusher ability to do three command abilities is probably going to define the more, the uh, walk, the other, the iron jaws part. And this iron is jaws. after yeah. deployment, before the first battle round begins, half the bone splitter units in your army rounding up can move up to five inches. If both players can move units. You can go up. Now this is huge mm. for a couple of different reasons, right? Um, uh, so if you drop low, so you know you've got the option to go first, you can just make a really aggressive alpha strike, which is super mm. strong, um, especially when we talk about some of the other moments in a, uh, other bits that you can get. Um, and then, so you're able to, like, and you're also, as Leo said in the Iron Jaws chat last week, you also can threaten the violence. So you can deploy as mm. if you're going to do a really strong alpha strike and just not. 
give them the first turn. Yeah. Yeah. Make them deploy in a very defensive turtled position. And then they're out of position for the first mm. turn, which is always like a, it's always been a really strong uh, play in Age of Sigmar generally. Um, uh, and also when you do big, the big alpha, you've got to ask yourself, am I actually going to achieve enough that it's worth it? But I think Tireless Trackers gives you some great, it's the implication. It's like when you're out on a boat with a girl and then things get saucy and then, you know, she's not sure, but you're not sure. But then she maybe goes along with it because of the implication, basically, Dan. You know, because she thinks you're going fishing and doesn't realize you don't have a rod. Yeah, the implication of fishing, basically. Got, yeah. So the, the the suggestion of fishing is enough to cause the boat times. Uh, yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah, then you move I've five inches, all... correct, Owen. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so you can move five inches, basically, uh, with tireless trackers. All right, so we've got exploding sixes, so we should do combat. Uh, we've got a bone splitter mm-hmm. wire, which is good in combat. Uh, and we have a movement mm-hmm. buff to get to combat, right? Let's do that. Um, so, uh, bone splitter command traits. We've got savage warlords. Uh, we've got the killer instinct. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read none of them out apart from great hunter, which is the one you're always going to take. Yeah, which is uh, if this general is part of your army. There are literally three Dan, and you'll take none of them apart from this one. Yeah. Um, if this general okay. is part of your army, when you use the tireless uh, trackers trait, which is the one I talked about, moving five inches, it becomes mm-hmm. eight inches instead. Now it's not as good as mighty destroyers, obviously. Yeah. But eight inches as a as a first turn move is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah? like so yeah. that's really good. Uh, well, it's a pregame move even. Uh, and then you've got a couple for the wizards. Uh, you can pick an extra spell, which is fine, or uh, you can have it so that your general uh, issues commands wholly within twenty four inches, as opposed to eighteen, which is also really really nice. I probably mm. wouldn't. Cho- I might choose that one to be honest, uh, but I probably will choose Great Hunter as yeah. I see it. Yeah. yeah. What's also interesting for for those uh, games where you might want to play a little bit more defensively, and I know that this, the playing defensively with this army doesn't make sense, but it it could be eight inches back. Like you could front line a unit to to draw your opponent into a certain deployment and then pull back, or you could use it to circle around an objective, like to making sure it's really locked off. I just it's a lot more uh, practical than just larger command area stuff that's more uh whenever you see something that gives someone a larger command ability bubble for me i see that as redundancy for mistakes yeah yeah that's finding a place to hide in in case you fuck something up uh where if you play smart you shouldn't ever need to worry about that or not often at least yeah so uh so those are the command traits i think great hunter is what you're going to see all the time and I think ultimately, mm-hmm. because everything else is fine, the other one would be the the voice of the great green god, which is the other one. And maybe you would pick uh, mm-hmm. of one with the beast, which is the extra spell. Maybe. Um, but probably it's going to be great hunter. But, you know, it might be one of those three, I think. Um, it really defines how your army is. And, and again, because these aren't going to change for a long time, uh, the, the lists... Owen talked about this a bit today. He feels like the list writing is mm-hmm. a bit more linear and a lot less... 
creative and i think i would agree with that um but that's mm. what you're going to build artifacts of power um are fine you've got the glowing tattoos which is add two to ward rolls for the bearer it's probably the one you're going to take mm-hmm. um because then you could also take amulet on another guy you don't i was yeah, say. yeah. <laughs> so you've got a four up and a five up ward on different units there's also a heal d6 yeah. uh there's a terrible one called lucky bone uh you've got morks uh bony bits which you can add one to the casting dispelling and unbinding rolls for the bearer for each enemy monster within 24 inches which isn't actually that bad an idea um and maybe mm. you would take that in, a, in an edition where we're going to see tons of monsters. Yeah, it's got that's got some. Yeah, play. That's got some play. Uh, and then uh, there's the Beast of the Lurglyphs, uh, which is um, I just don't want to read it because it just bores me. Um, we've talked about the mount traits previously, but you've got no monsters that you're riding, so you can skip that. Uh, so we go to the spell laws, <laughs> right? Uh, which Law of the Savage Beasts. Uh, you've got Squiggly Curse, which does D3 Mortal Wounds uh, uh, to a hero within three mm-hmm. inches. Ridiculous spell. No one's going to take it. Uh, and then you've got Glowy Green Tusks. Now, this is the one to write home about, Dan. Yeah. A swirl of okay. green en- energy coalesces around a mob of boar boys, sending their mounts into a frenzy and causing their tusks to glow with the power of the war. Glowy Green Tusks is cast on a five, and if successfully cast, you pick one friendly Bone Splitters unit wholly within range and visible to the caster until the start of your next hero phase. Improve the rend characteristic of weapons used by that unit by two. Right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's right. Glow, st- yeah. glow Stick Tusk Bores. That's correct. That's I actually I like that it's probably not magic and it's just some dude who cracks a glow stick and like pours it onto his boar's tusks and is like party boar. So I I know people are a little bit down on the bone splitter book and they think oh it's not that exciting. But have I ever told you about the meme of forty five to fifty feral hogs? Because because <laughs> when they come into your backyard to eat your Ladies family, they're not just coming to eat them anymore. They're coming to raid. <laughs> Baby, well, now we've got 45 to 50 feral glowing hogs. Yeah, and that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting just for, just for me. Yeah. That's cool, especially in a save stacking matter. Again, if you're new, I'll just explain it. There's a lot of plus one saves uh, in Age of Sigma, and generally the armor value mm. we used to used to measure damage mm. generally. Uh, people like me and Haywo and other people around the world would measure something against something like a four plus save. Now, we don't tend to. It's normally, I would argue, that it's a 3-plus save that you measure against, um, and then probably you ignore Rend 1, generally. That's not necessarily always true, and it will change against different armies. Um, uh, I think the more, if, I think if anyone could actually buy Blood Knights, Dan, the average would be 3-plus. I think if anyone could buy them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there'd be a lot more. Uh, but How are you going to get your hands on them, though? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not going to. So you just... It- even if you could buy them, there's going to be some shady side deal before they even get to you. Like, there'll be someone, like, at, at Canada Post who's just like, yeah, man, I don't know what happened. They just fell off the back of the truck, eh? Like, you've just, you've got no chance. Like, they're, they're worth more than crack at the moment. They're worth more than old blood nuts. <laughs> yeah. Those old <laughs> resin, the ones where it was like you had to, to dip into your retirement savings. That's what we, yeah, actually small uh, Caribbean nations use blood nights for currency. This is, a, this is really, you get what you wish for. You get what you fucking deserve. There's all those soul like grave lords mm-hmm. like, I don't want to buy these old blood knight models. You're like, okay, new blood knights. They're like, I can't buy them. Fuck. Um, uh, mm. and Hayward in the chat says yeah. he measures against 4 plus initially because I want to think it's good then I go against 2 plus for reality uh, I, could I suggest <laughs> could I suggest you flip it around because if you do it against 2 plus where it looks the bleakest then do 4 plus you'll be like oh no not bad like you'll Ooh. end on a positive yeah. maybe that'll be nice um, but anyway Ren 2 
is actually really good. Ren 2 is the new Rend 1, and Rend, 2, Rend 1 used to be good, I promise. I feel like a boomer saying that. Uh, but Rend 2 is the new mm. Rend 1. Uh, so that's actually pretty cool. It's cast on a 5 as well, so it's low casting value. But thanks to my friend Simon Weekly, who I was talking to this weekend, um, uh, he really impressed me. I've been nothing but name dropping him for like two days dad because the guy like the guy Good. talked Do and it. i just listened uh but like when you cast low so when it, you do have a low casting mm. value you're quite excited because your ability to cast it's quite high like you're like oh yes i'm gonna be able to do mm. this but um it also means your opponent you're gonna roll low and your opponent's gonna be able to unbind does that make sense yeah 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 um so but that's glow, glowy green six love that uh another good one uh is gorkamorka's war cry uh, which is um, uh, that the unit fights last. So you pick an enemy unit within 12 inches, it's a casting Ooh. value of 7, and the enemy unit fights last. This is massive in the army. Badass. Yeah, yeah. badass. Especially because everything that we've seen up until this point wants it to fight. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if you see that in the army and maybe trying to generate extra ways to cast or, or pluses to cast. Yeah. And you've got Power of the Werebore, um, which is uh, holding within 24 inches. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. Rob, I'm I'm going to need you to read the flavor text of this one just based off the name Power of the Werebore. I need to know what happens no when it's the cast. Shaman? Is it Shaman? Shaman? Shaman. I say Shaman. Summons yeah. a stampede of roaring swine spirits. Fantastic. Like, Amazing. like fantastic. Thanks, Amazing. Tom, for resubscribing. Fantastic. That temporarily transform a mob of bone splitters into snarling, rage-filled demi beasts that's right yeah hogs of war <laughs> they turn into pig ghost werewolves this is the best uh. <laughs> what happened i i so, like can you imagine like uh trying to have that conversation with an actual werewolf where they're like yeah so i see the moon and it the blood curse inside me turns me into a, a relentless beast of carnage and bloodlust. And then orcs being like, shaman puts pig ghost in me, makes me mad. <laughs> I am full of the spirit of the swines. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you seen Ham from Toy Story? Get that in you. Let's go to war. <laughs> me pig now. Me pig now. <laughs> <laughs> me pig now. I, I I like that maybe he doesn't actually do anything. He just like throws a fur coat on them and has, you have the power of the wear pig. I think, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. I was going to make a joke, but I don't want to. Oh, like, you know, Alex Jones, that, 40, that conspiracy nut. I think someone yeah. accidentally put this in on him years ago and it's never worn off. That guy's full of pig energy. Yeah. Like big hog, it's big fucking hog energy hog. is what he's got. Uh, anyway, it's, anyway, what it does is it gives uh, plus one to run uh, rolls and charge rolls for that unit and you add one to hit rolls to attack me by that unit, but that unit cannot shoot, basically, uh, which, is, which is really quite nice. Uh, so yeah. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, so what we've got, again, just to, we can, we can advance, we can once per battle, um, give ourselves a four-up ward. Uh, we can do a pre-game move, uh, and we've got exploding sixes in combat. So everything's telling us we should fight in combat. We've also got a way to give ourselves additional mm -hmm. rend, which is really nice. And we've got Gorkumorka's War Cry, so we should try and make it so our opponents fight last via the spell law. So then we've got um, uh, three different war clans, right? Uh, we've got Bone Grins, mm. which have got a barrage of arrows, which is add one to the attacks characteristic of missile weapons used by friendly Bone Grin, Savage, Uruk, Arrow Boys. So we'll go to those guys. Oh, probably we should just go to those guys right now, shall we? 
uh, and look at their profile. I think I, from everything that I've heard, not Dan, that I've read the book. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't really be looking at using arrow boys in anything other than bone grins because they just don't uh, do it. Oh my gosh, look at that. Uh, for those who are listening on the podcast, first, Rob was wearing uh, overalls over a hoodie and he took the overalls off and the Twitch chat excited. lit up like a Christmas tree. And now he's taken off his jumper and the Twitch chat is silent. Uh, I think they're, they're stunned or they need their hands for something else. Uh, I was just saying that you probably wouldn't use Arab boys in anything other than bone greens. Uh, it's very clearly the sub-faction designed around uh, bone splitter shooting. might. So you might, because like you might want to clear a screen, right? You don't want your combat hitting the chaff, mm. right? Uh, they've got, mm. the, by the way, their stinger bows are 18-inch range, and they move 5 inches. So you've got a 23-inch effective range. Uh, they've got two attacks, uh, fives, fours, no render, one damage. Uh, now, there are some things missing, by the way, from the spell law. Specifically, there used to be a double move spell, and there used to be like an exploding mm. sixes spell as well. All of that going is yep. pretty rough. I really liked the opportunity. Uh, like, uh, I like spell casting at quite a high value. Thank you, Hamstrand, for donating 100 bits for me taking my jumper <laughs> off. I love that. Um, uh, I, 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 it's sad that they've gone. It really is, uh, truth be told, because what was really cool about it is both you and your opponent were in this, um, uh, like in this really fun little situation where you were like, hmm, hmm, hmm I wonder if you're going to double move and fuck me up. And then, like, you would fail yeah. it, and then your opponent would be like, yes, fuck you. And then now... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you would get it, and your opponent would be like, oh, no, I hate this situation. And, 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 but there was honestly something hilariously satisfying about a unit of flying boar boys moving, like, 60 inches across the table. Because as as awful... Every time it happened to me, as awful as it was, I was like, it's too hilarious for me to be upset by. Like, just these guys that are just like, like riding on the backs of their war pigs. Yeah, hilarious. Like, heartbreakingly yeah, hilarious. It's sad that it's gone. Don't get me wrong. If you're a bone split yeah. stan and you're like, Rob, that went and it was awful. I'm with you, baby. And I'm so sorry uh, that it went. Uh, I really am. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so 18 inches, sorry, on the shooting attack, just to go back to it. Uh, I really like that they let you know that they didn't care about the bone split as well. They're like, they're at the back of the book. Read it if you want. No one cares. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so the 18 inches, two attacks, fives, fours, no rend, damage one. And if, um, you, you improve the rend by one if you're shooting against a monster, which is pretty useless because they're going to have like plus three save, but we can hope. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, uh, there'll be battle line in Bone Grins and they also get an additional attack, so three attacks each. And as has been pointed out by default in the chat, sorry, uh, by Joe Cryer in the chat, uh, your 18-inch move plus your 5-inch move is actually uh, 23 inches. But actually, um, if you take, the, if you do the pre-game move, you're going to move an additional 5, so that's 28. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you use the command trait, it's an additional 3, so it's 31-inch range, turn 1. Mm -hmm. And if you take... 30 of these boys with an extra shot each, they might ping off a five-wound character. They really aren't. Yeah. They are like the weight of dice versus the Sentinel's effectiveness. Mm. So it's going to be a bit swingy, um, but you can always bang plus one to hit on them, which is quite nice from all-out attack. Uh, mm. So fours and fours, and with three attacks each. And you get ten models in the unit. They can be battle line, yeah. so you could have... So you can go out to Yeah, 30. you can have 90 shots, right? And you can have them on fours and fours, which is... You could have two... You could have two units of 30, right? Meaning that you could be dropping 180 shots... Of crap. 
at your opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're literally dropping them is the correct term because they're just taking the arrow out and dropping it on the ground beside them and being like, nailed it. Mm, mm. But like, not the thing about this is that like nothing else in your book really supports this. If that makes sense. Like, there's nothing mm. else in your book like, yeah, let's play this way. M- apart from the pregame move. The pregame mm. move is, like, pretty good. Yeah, the pregame move is, like, get in range. Yeah. So I could see maybe you having a 10 to try and ping off a screen. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe yeah. even a bigger block, like you said, Dan, to guarantee clearing out a screen, right? Hold an objective or something. Uh, but probably not. So that's Bone Grins. Ice Bone, though. Woohoo! Uh, if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made by a melee weapon by a friendly ice bone model is a six, the attack causes a number of mortal wounds to the target equal to the weapon's damage characteristic. And the attack sequence ends. Mm. Do not make a save roll. Now, that is not bad for spamming a bunch of mm. mortal wounds. You don't get... The, yeah. And the next thing you go is, right, right, how do I get loads of attacks? And you don't actually get loads of attacks either in this. So, which is a bit of yeah. a shame. So, you've got um, uh, the... Uh, if you just go for your basic Savage Oryx, it's two attacks each, right? Um, and you can make them mm. hit a little bit better. Uh, but the Boar Boys, I think, is one of the interesting ones because you get a lot of attack profiles on this, specifically if you take the Savage Boar Boy Maniacs, right? Uh, because you've got three mm. attacks base, and they're only damage one. They're only damage one. But don't forget, you get an exploding sixes, and then sixes are going to do a mortal wound. So for each one Boar Boy, you've got three attacks off the guy on top, and if they charge... You get to add one to their chomper, so four attacks. And then Tuscan Hooves is three attacks. And if you charge, you get plus one to hit and plus one to wound, right? So you've got basically seven attacks per boar boy. They're only 145, well, only 145 points. It's a bit fucking, that's a lot of points. Uh, well, but it is, but through they're three wounds apiece now, or are they still two wounds yeah, apiece? they've got a six of save, and they got, but like, what I'm saying is there's that one turn where they're going to have the mm. four award, right? Which is... Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. And what I'm saying is you can spam a lot of attacks out of that unit so that those so mm. you'll get you're generating a lot of attacks. Just fishing for sixes. Fishing yeah. for sixes, yeah. It's nowhere near as effective as yeah. casting a spell and doing it on fives. But if I was a Lumineth player, I would be painting furiously right now. Because when all of the mm. new books come out, everyone's losing their power. Like there's no teeth left in any yeah. units. Um anyway, I quite like that. I quite like that. I think that's alright, and it works quite nicely if you're taking a rogue mm. idol because they got some big damage um uh, on those sixes to wound but anyway i think big rock energy big rock energy and they finally got drag big drag oh. foot ward soul wards rolls cannot be made for wounds and mortal wounds caused by attacks made by a friendly drag foot units so uh interesting one this because you do have some options to get some high rend but the rest of the book doesn't have any high rend you don't really have any options mm. to generate some mortals apart from being like a mental um uh like with a with six of the same model mm. um so i quite like this because you just you can affect quite a lot of units you really affect the teclean build mm. um although yeah. the, the sentinels are just going to take your army off on the first turn so it's a different conversation um they're going to do that to a lot of players though in a lot of games yeah, so it just feels redundant to talk about it yeah. uh but into yeah. like your amulet amulet gardens gar- gargants yes yeah. you're, you're still not going to kill those as well um Gotrek, uh, Gotrek, yeah, Gotrek. Um, like, uh, I mean, he's not that much of an issue uh, ultimately. I think Drakfoot's always been quite nice. It depends how good the Nighthaunt book is, right? If the Nighthaunt mm. book is like really good, then 
your stonks on the bone splitters for Dragfoot go really high. Uh, I mean, it works quite nicely. I, into, it also works yeah. quite nicely into stone horns, obviously, because that five up as well. Um, you don't have to mm. worry about vermin lords. You don't see them at the moment. Um, so it works quite nicely, uh, interestingly. Mm. But um, uh, I don't. I I think I prefer ice bone myself. Mm. But I think Dragfoot's okay. got a place. I I think. I think Drakfoot is going to be very popular and it's going to be kind of like a, when I say a gatekeeper army, it's going to be a gatekeeper army for Mega Gargants, Teclean builds, and uh, like Gotrek Marathi, that kind of thing. Um, because of that ability, like shutting down, uh, what is it, the Daughters of Cain Hagnar with their bubble and stuff like that. It, I don't think Drakfoot's going to take top honors, but I think turning that ability off is going to hamstring armies competitively in tournaments when it comes up against them. Yeah. Uh, and just to be clear, by the way, uh, the um, Nighthaunt don't actually have a ward save. I just was, I was just in my head, they have a ward save because they're ethereal, but they're ethereal. So never mind. Well, they've got like a six up death yeah, save, Yeah, but that's right? not what I meant. But it's not <laughs> that's a not ward. what I meant, yeah. right? Yeah. So good point, Speckles. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Let's talk about the War Scrolls. So the best War Scroll in all of Age of Sigmar is now the Wurgog Prophet. Fight me on this matter. Clip it <laughs> if you ain't got nothing to do. Yeah. It's seven wounds with a five up save. Moves five inches. Bravery eight. Do not forget you have a pregame move of eight inches. So actually you could be eight inches up the board. And that's really useful for the Wurgog Mask. Uh, which is his ability. He's a two-cast wizard, um, and he's okay in a fight. Uh, seven wounds is really nice, because it's like quite nice anti-Rain of Stars tech. Don't put him near terrain, mm-hmm. um, which is quite good. So seven wounds is big thumbs. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you can, he's got a spell, which is um, uh, pick an enemy unit. Uh, so it's range of 24 inches, cast on a four, five, and successfully cast pick one enemy unit within range and visible to the caster. Roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in that unit. For each six, the unit suffers one mortal wound. If the casting rolls a 10 plus, the unit, you do it on four um, instead of sixes. Mm. And that's really good. Really, really good into hordes. We don't tend to see loads of hordes. So it's mm. a little bit super, like yeah. whatever. But it, it's nice to have there in the utility, especially yeah. when he's your caster, right? He's a two cast wizard on foot, like rare as, rare as rocking horse shit. But the, yeah. but the Wurgog Mask is the most fun. Start your hero phase instead of attempting to dispel an end of spell or cast an enemy spell. Pick an enemy unit within 12 inches, and on a 3+, plus, they take D3 mortal wounds. Now, if you wish, you can say this unit will continue to start keep staring at the enemy. And on a 3+, plus, they suffer another D3 mortal wounds. But on a 1 or 2, you take D6 mortal wounds. And then you can just keep going until you decide to stop or until they're destroyed. That's it. It's a full staring competition. And I played this the other day into a Amazing. Mega Gargan with the Amulet of Destiny. I lost six Wurgog Prophets and I took the Mega Gargan <laughs> down to one wound left. And it's probably the most fun I've ever, 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 ever had in my life. Most fun I've ever had, Dan. Oh, God. I just, I just love the idea that, like, turn one, you've just got all these Prophets just, like, putting you know little saline drops in their eyes just being like are you ready are you ready and they're like going like uh, uh," and then just full-on power sprinting out in front of the rest of their line locking eyes with someone and being like 
until one of them has an aneurysm and I dies. It. I it's just every game. If it's not what you immediately don't do, uh, you you wasted your time. You'll see three of these in every army. But you know how we were talking about having thirty arrow boys with ninety shots to maybe take off a five wound hero. Three of these guys almost certainly take off two five wound heroes, if not three turn one before they get to do anything well, for their only opponent. Well, if they happen like, to be within 20 inches on turn one. Like, mm. yeah, it's like, so you've got your pre-game move. So if you do do your pre-game move of eight inches, uh, then their their range mm -hmm. is 12 inches. So, uh, and it's in the hero phase. So mm. you do have, like you say, the option to maybe like spam it and, and have some fun. Also quite nice if they just hit mm. one of your like rubbish, like trading units. So like you've put out a unit of like 10 yeah. or five of anything and then you stare mm. them down, right? Super fun. Um, mm. Probably one of the most, it's, it's nice to, rem it's nice that the rules writers remembered that it's a game to have fun with that there were fun rules mm -hmm. interactions that you can have yeah. in Age of Sigma. It was nice. I don't know what, maybe one of them got a blowjob yeah. that day. I don't know, but I'm so keen. <laughs> I'm so fucking keen. It's the thing It's the thing that I miss about like, uh, you know, like Hellstorm rocket batteries and things like that. They used to be slightly, oh my gosh, sorry, the booze sultan has just delivered me a coffee uh, and it's it to help fight the hangover. Thank you, booze sultan. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, one of the most beautiful things was it like having rolling and potentially landing in your own units or Skaven weapons teams blowing up. almost certainly knowing that they're going to blow up. The thing that disappoints me about Skaven weapon teams now is they're really easy to power up and the effect is huge, but the chance of them blowing up isn't that high. It literally used to be almost guaranteed they'd explode or at the very least like 50-50 where, and, and that's what I miss. I miss firing four racks of a hell blaster volley gun and and being pretty confident it's going to explode but knowing that if i get it off it's going to just delete whatever it was pointing at i miss moments like that and i think that this mask kind of brings back that horrible joy of of certain doom i loved it i love it it's so good uh like really really fun and like only saying you obviously got your six up ward you could have one of them with a four up ward and you could have one of them uh, with a with the amulet of destiny five up ward, so you could potentially save a lot of those mortal wounds. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, hilarious fun. Some people are going to be running six of them. I would like to tell you now, you're already my favourite people. You're legends. Yeah, legends. If, the the best part about watching that is you're going to get people. If if you're a Drakfoot army, right? With that, turn one, you stare uh the the cauldron off the board for daughters of cain in hagnar meaning that suddenly their little super bubble re-rolly thing is gone like i just the the terror that six of those is going to cause for players myself included like all my dwarves are like five wounds with no ward unless i give them the amulet one of those dudes with a, a dirty look is going to take my key hero pieces off the table and i'm excited to see it happen i just want him to stare right at like 30 iron drakes just stare him down and like murder him i think it's great yeah. anyway so that's yeah. the word profit which is quite fun um and i think phenomenal 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 like super cool rule really cool you got the savage big boss um five wounds uh sorry six wounds five inch move six up save so terrible save on your little character uh like like i they again mm -hmm. they don't really understand the math 
like the difference between that six up save and your three plus save Stormcast hero. I'm not saying that the Savage Big Boss should be like a three up save, but at least should be a four up save. Uh, effectively, he has no save, so he'll die to literally everything, uh, which is really, really rubbish. Um, uh, so that's a bit of a shame. But he does have let me. Which should be fine. It'd be fine if he was like 60, 70 points and you could take two for every one hero slot that he filled, you know, like if, if there was something like that to represent that they just have masses of, of cheap numberless well, he, he faceless heroes points. that die. He is cheap. Okay. That that's not bad, but he's, you still can only take six leaders. Yeah, but also why would you take him? Cause like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, apart from, apart could, from to, be, to have the command trait. Three. Huh? If you could take three of him or two of him for one leader choice, that would be a very different story. But instead, why? What do, what's he going to do that you're not going to take someone significantly better than him in that position? Especially when you compare, like, like I get that he's cheap. I get that he's cheap. So comparing him to something that's expensive, mm. right? Like um, a mega boss on foot. Like I understand they're very different. Mm things but the mega boss on foot mm. is great in a fight has a three up save has a uh, plus one wound um has mm. like some really good like special abilities specifically ear split and bellow um uh because you can issue two command abilities so he's a support piece that can also fight this mm. is a support piece that dies like it's cheap and i'm yeah. like like yeah. i don't want a cheap rubbish thing like like unless it's like an assassin yeah. or like you say a weapons team or something hilariously fun mm. uh anyway uh, yeah. He's got a special ability called Let Me At Him. He can pick one for any Bone Splitters unit that has not yet fought after this unit has fought. And if it's wholly within 12 inches, then you get to fight. Um, but you're probably not taking him unless you're looking for the command trait specifically on the side. Like, mm. And then 65 points for your pre-game additional 3-inch move is quite nice. So um, it's good mm. that you're not taxed heavily for him. Then you've got the Weird Knob, mm. who's a one-spell wizard. Um, and then he's got... Uh, he's on a boar. Uh, and he's got the Bone Spirit spell, uh, and it's cast on a 7. If successfully cast, you pick one friendly Bone Spirit unit, hold him in range, and you add one to the wound rolls to attack me by that melee weapon by the unit. Now, that's not bad if you're going for, like, grouped-up mm. dudes, but you might yeah. not go for grouped-up dudes. Um, it's cast mm. on a 7 as well, so you're really relying on the buff from that. Plus, you can get plus 1 to... Also, s- 7 for plus 1 to wound seems really steep. Yeah, like, For, uh, it's just like, why? Uh, why like, why are you taking it? I just don't think you're taking it, to be honest. When you get when every army gets plus one to hit for a command point, it seems, and I'm sure that there are other places where you get plus one to wound for less than, uh, less than, than seven. Seven is a, seven for me should be a very strong spell that you're like, oh, okay, like 50-50, whether I kind of get it or I don't get it if I'm rolling flat. Anyway, that's just me thinking out loud. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fair. Then you've got the War Doc. Yeah, five wounds with a six-up save, so he'll just die to anything. Uh, but he is, he is a wizard, which is really nice. And he's also, as well as being a wizard, he's also able to do a little dance. Uh, unfortunately, that dance does not make him a priest, uh, which would be fun. Um, uh, they're shamans. Everyone knows that priests don't dance. That's fine. Priests don't dance. No, they don't. Uh, they do dance if they want to. Um, but yeah, but they have to leave their friends behind, and you know, yeah, that's the worst part. Uh, right, yeah. and then um, you've got ritual dance, so they're, they're able to basically do at the start of the hero phase instead of attempting to dispel an end spell or cast any spells with this unit. Uh, in that phase, you can say that they're performing one of the following dances. And on a 3+, you can heal D3 wounds allocated to model within 12 inches. Glyph Doc Dance mm-hmm. uh, on a 3+, plus, 
Um, you pick a unit wholly within 12 inches and you add one to the save rolls uh, for attacks that target the unit until the next hero phase, which is quite nice. Um, so it's on a three up for plus one save, and there aren't any other ways really to get any plus one save. So obviously, other than Mystic Shield and all out defense, um, so mm -hmm. it means you can kind of move those around if you want, or you could double stack them on a unit. It's quite nice. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't put this twice on a unit. What I mean is you could do Mystic Shield and this on a unit. And then you've got Wardock, uh, Weird Doc Dance, sorry, uh, on a three plus, add one to the casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for a wizard uh, nearby, which is quite cool. And it's nice you don't mm -hmm. have to choose on your army list, you get to do it ahead of time, which is quite mm. fun. Um, yeah. Uh, but they were priests at the start of 3.0, uh, but then they were too powerful, says Gorka Morka, uh, and so they got the priest keyword taken off them. Yes. Okay, well, the thing is, they dance, which means it might be the WAP dance. Now, I don't know about you, but that if a church of WAP existed very quickly democracy as we know it would unravel so it's it's pretty important that they don't get to and now i hope that everyone in the twitch chat listening uh, on the podcast or on youtube is imagining a bone splitter shaman just slamming his hips into the ground yes, with like, now a, thinking about the frenzy. web video that's how i picture bone splitter shamans dancing well, it would split your bone. If you were smacking that thing into the ground with that kind of frenzy, your your bone is very thoroughly split. Split asunder. Yeah, that's... Uh, mm. Oh, okay. Amazing. Right, so those are your support characters, and you don't get a lot of buffs via support characters at all. You've mm. got like this weird pseudo-strike thing from the Savage Big Boss, so you fuck that off. The Wardock's okay for plus one save. Um, the Maniac Weird Knob you can just leave behind because you don't really care about uh, that plus one to wound. Uh, truthfully, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I just think uh, you can get out of it. Uh, yeah, that's right, the bonus splitters. Uh, then you've got your your <laughs> units, right? So you've got your Savage Urux, which is your basic fellas. Now, they're two wounds each with a five-up save. So with a Mystic Shield and all-out defense, it does go to a four-up. So you can have like a four-up ignoring Rend 1 uh, on these Savage Urux. But they're just rubbish in a fight. And also, they get a lot of the bonuses you get from the units anyway, so they overlap. So Primal Surge, you add one to the wound rolls made for attacks made by this unit if the unit made a charge move. So why would you take? Why would you try and cast a spell for plus one to wound when you just charge and you be plus one to wound, right? Like, I get that mm -hmm. there are ongoing combats, but mm. whatever. And then, um, so that's with their chompers. Uh, their chompers, by the way, are two attacks, fours, threes. So you can be on fours, twos, and it all out attack, it could be threes, twos. So that's actually quite nice. Mm. But truthfully, like, you've got no rend, and you don't actually have enough of attacks. The one nice thing is the stickers do have two-inch range, because they're on 32 more bases. If you did take 20 of them, you would attack over the top. But they're not the same, like, they've got a similar profile to the Gut Rippers. They are cheaper mm. than the Gut Rippers, but they don't have the mortal wounds that the Gut Rippers have, and I'd much rather have the mortal wounds, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, then you got this. Well, again, we've been taught that like anyone who, like we said, hasn't been playing that much, saves are higher in this edition, mm. whether by War Scroll or by the fact that everyone can do all out defense. So mortal wounds have suddenly become a, a pretty top tier premium. Yeah. So then you've got Savage Boar Boys, and then you've also got Savage Boar Boy Maniacs, which I think are both worth talking about. They've both got the Tusker Charge. Mm right? Which is, uh, you add one to hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks made by Savage Sticker, or Tuscan Hooves by this unit, if the unit made a charge move in the same turn. So hit and wound rolls, right? Um, and they both have 
Uh, they both have uh, three attacks each for both of Savage Boar Boys and the Savage Boar Boy Maniacs. The difference between them is, uh, the, and they've both got three wounds. The Maniacs have only got a six up save. The Boar Boys have got a five up save. The Maniacs get an additional attack on when they charge. Um, the, uh, the, the Boar Boys don't, but the Boar Boys can be battle line if you take them in Bone mm. Greens. Not in Bone Greens, the other one. It, no, bone grins is arrow. Uh, so you in sorry in ice bone, in ice bone specifically, which, where you get the mortals. Uh, so I would be tempted to take these in ice bone. Um, so those are the difference mm. between the two. But most importantly, they move twelve inches. So with that pregame move of eight inches plus with that pregame eight, yeah, plus plus those twelve inches, uh, you can you can throw like a okay unit. Like the most you can get is ten mm. of the maniacs or fifteen of the boar boys, um, but they could take up a lot of board space. If you wanted mm. them to, you couldn't. It also means that the one of the strategies I saw played very effectively with uh, Bone Splitters in 2.0, which I think has lasted into three, is because of their high, they can go high wound count, high body count. With that kind of a movement, depending on the battle plan, you could flood the board and kind of box in your opponent, knowing that you're going to lose that unit to a man in your opponent's turn. But box them into their deployment or zone them out of being able to get onto the objective in their turn. Um, and it would be like, it wouldn't be hard to stop that from with 20 inch move on those guys, plus potentially a run um, plus another like six inch run and stuff like that. It, it would, even if you're not looking to charge and do damage, if you're just looking to zone them out, it would be very doable uh, in the first turn. Yeah. You can, you can, there's some nice utility with this army, right? But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be necessarily all built around these war scrolls. Some of it does. I think I quite like the idea of maniacs and trying to do mortals on sixes. But again, you're fishing, um, and it's not as effective mm. as armies where you know that you're going to get mortals on fives to hit, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. And you reduce how many attacks you get down quite a bit. But the exploding sixes is quite nice. Like, you generate a lot of attacks, um, but it's in mm. melee, so that means you're getting hit back, and you're getting hit back on a terrible save and a terrible mm. bravery. Um, so, And then you've got uh, um, uh, Big Stabbers, which is just terribly sad, man. Terribly, terribly sad. Don't, because I haven't seen their new War Scroll, and they were my favorite. So they used to do, the they previous used to do damage against monsters, as we know. And when they died, their last act was to throw the spear, like I think it was 8 inches or 18 inches or 12 inches or something, and spear something as they died. The final fling. They were... They were my favorite unit in the army. Just every time I saw them put on the board, I was like, these are going to fuck me up, but they make me so happy. Yeah. But unfortunately, they don't have that anymore. No. So they got three inch range, don't. which is nice. Uh, Why are you no, like it's this? It's not me. So they got three attacks, three threes, ren two, damage two. Sad face, not even damage three. Um, damage two, so like six damage coming out of each one. Uh, and each time a model this unit is slain by an attack made by a melee weapon before the model is removed from play, pick one enemy unit within three inches of the slain model and roll a dice. Add two if it was a monster. On a four plus, you do D3 mortal wounds. Right? So on a two plus against a monster, you do D3 mortal wounds. I just don't like this at all. Um, they changed it. They made it much worse for killing monsters. Like uh, So Savage uh, uh, Big Stabbers, by the way, are now, points-wise... 80 points for two, so they're much cheaper. Um, mm. But they're just rubbish. They're, I mean, they're still, okay. 80 points is six attacks. Fun. Six attacks that could potentially and, do two damage. Yeah. But 
and eight wounds, right? And eight wounds on a six-up save, though. But actually, it's the same as the mega boss. So it's that would be a, for for four of them. It would get you sixteen wounds. Mm. Um, but it would get you the same attack space. Yeah. Oh no, it would get you six twelve. No, it's probably not the same to compare them to the the mega boss on foot. But they're gonna just die look, to or any shooting like that's around. They're not. What I will say, they're not terrible. They are. They're, they com- are. they're not terrible compared to what I want them to be. They're still usable, but they're nowhere near as good or as fun as they used to be. Yeah, they're they're, um, they're not. I, I, I just don't rate them. Like like Owen's saying, if you compare them to a salamander, one salamander yeah. for 120 points, you would take against mm. two, maybe four. Like, like that's one of the interesting things about yeah. this book, and I and about about this book as a whole, ultimately. Um, mm. Not the Iron Jaws as much, but the Cruel Boys and also the things. They really don't seem to understand the math on the armor saves. They don't really seem yeah. to understand that when you give them those six-up armor saves and the six-up bravery, mm. they're terrible. They just Good. don't get it. Well, the, the other thing about the final fling being a throw and not a stab, right? And I, I know I'm harping on about this, but I suffered at the hands of big stabbers many times. I have the right to be jaded, and I don't. I fucking love them. That's why I'm, I'm standing for them right now. The thing about the final fling is you had to plan about where you killed them. Because if they were in range to throw, it didn't matter. Like, they just needed to get near what they wanted to kill and then get the unit murdered, and then throw all of their shit. So it was like they were this kind of bubble that either let you make a mistake or let them get in or, and stuff like that. So they, they had quite an interesting ability on the table. It was really interesting. It was quite unique uh, to their army. And the fact that it's now just an ability that happens against whatever they're fighting means that they're a lot less versatile, but also as an opponent, they're a lot more predictable and a lot easier to counter instead of me actually having to think about how I did it. Because it, it happened to me a couple of times where someone would stray into range, then they'd get killed, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, this was your plan all along, wasn't it? And the Orc player's just sitting there being like, ha, 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 you activated my trap all. <laughs> uh, and so it's, it's sad to see that gone. Sad, I agree. But what is fun is the rogue idol because it gained the bone splitter keyword, right? Uh, and this is mm. really, really, or I already had it, whatever. Um, but it's fun, right? Because if there are any strengths inside of the book other than staring down your opponent for a hilarious amount of time or just wheeling pigs it's at people and, three rogue and hoping idols. for sixes, is something like three rogue idols, right? Or like okay. whatever you yeah. can get in. Um, is 16 wounds with a 4-up save, and they move 10 inches. But don't forget, if we're doing a pre-game move of 8 inches, we've got an 18-inch turn 1 move, potentially, Yeah, if not with just one of them, which is pretty nice, um, especially when you see their attack profile, which is 2 attacks, 3s, 2s, until they're wounded. Ren 2, D6 damage. Ren 2 is really nice. Uh, And then you've got the stomping feet. Oh, by the way, just to talk about the Maniac Ball Boys, the Ball Boys, again, don't forget we can stack Ren 2 on them. So those 15 ball boys or those 10 maniac ball boys mm. at Ren 2, that's actually a lot of tax at Ren 2, which we're quite happy about. Like, mm. So we're pretty pro that. And I, again, think that that's really nice, especially because... At, yeah, at the very least, it's going to counter all-out defense and still take a point of armor off your opponent, which is... That's a, a big tick for anybody who's trying to take out Stormcast. Uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, so... And then you've got Stomping Feet, which is 10 attacks until it gets wounded. Threes and threes, Ren 2, damage 2. 
right? So that's that's pretty nice as well. Um, and then uh, they've got some great abilities. Specifically, they've got a five-up ward. So there's 16 wounds. Uh, having a five-up mm-hmm. ward is really nice. Adding plus one save to a mm. rogue idol gives them a three-up, five-up on 16 wounds. It's sweet. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the combat phase, you roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches on four of the stuff from mortal wound. Terrible rule. I hate that. Why do they ever write those? Like, in what situation? They're like, oh, don't let me forget. Four plus. One more wound. Like... No one remembers. I'm surrounded by all of these different units that often happens in Warhammer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you've got the Spirit of War. Uh, the Amulet of Distoni is great. <laughs> As opposed to Destiny, is that amazing? <laughs> then you've got Spirit of the War, which is you add one to hit rolls for attacks made by this model if you made a charge move this turn. So that's huge, right? So then you've got your mm. two attacks hitting on twos, right? They're wounding on twos yeah. or threes, and they've both got Ren 2. So you're doing some big meat. Uh, you're not doing massive damage. You're doing like 20. Um, and then if you're playing into Thunder Lizard, uh, then you're doing damage one. Uh, but that's yeah. sad. Uh, and then um, you've got, uh, you can fall on models and you can add plus one to casting rolls and mm. bravery. So I don't hate the idea of a rogue idol or two whomping up the board. Mm. Yeah. Whomping up the board with that pregame move, smashing into their opponents doing a fight, mm-hmm. having that five-up ward, or you repeat that process, but you trade out and you have a unit of 15 pigs, maybe a rogue idol. You throw the rogue idol at them, the 15 pigs. You act- activate that once-per-battle ability for the four-up ward. You try and keep them alive mm-hmm. that turn. You pin your opponent back. Another rogue idol comes in or whatever. Um, not bad as a book, but also really, really, mm. really, really not good. Like... It's very toned toned down from what they were. Like they were, and they weren't great. Yeah, they were right up there, and they weren't great. Like what they've, they, they like they were fun. Ah, I don't it's... even. Yeah, they were fun, and there are elements in this that are fun, but there's no, there's mm. no. You're not going sideways with this list. You're not going to be like, hmm, 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 hmm. Mm. I wonder what a kind of list am I going to design? Maybe you're going to run an all shooting list. Maybe in bone grins but mm. i don't see it right um their bravery is super low their armor save super low uh and so i just don't and, and like if you're doing an orc horde why aren't you going to do gut rippers with all the sneaky tactics over yeah. these guys right uh there's no battle shock immunity that i've seen owen uh so that's massively going to hurt them um well okay so here's here's for, for me i'm not as interested in every book being competitive and i know that that's a wanky thing to say like of course nobody is sitting here being like every book needs to be equal but what i am interested in is anybody starting out or wanting to play a new army being able to look at an army look at a unit and be like fuck i love boar boys i want to do an army based around them and it doesn't need to be competitive but it need they need to be able to play an army of boar boys and and be able to play a game against any other book you know like I, I i don't know if i'm explaining this well but if i looked at this and i went those big stabbers are hilarious i want i want to feature them in my army i want them and boars and then if i came up against stormcast i'm most likely barely going to tickle them i might I, I might be able to put some gear together but it's very unlikely that i'll do on a, a straight down the line stormcast army i'll do very little other than like poke at a couple of uh, whatever they're called um shield centurion boys uh and that, I think, is the disappointing thing, is that if you tomorrow decided you wanted to do a Bone Splitters army, 
you're pretty choked out for being able to do something that is playable in and I'm not don't mean a competitive sense, but competitively in that you could play on the same table as someone else and not just get fucking wiped immediately. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting question and relates to um, and kind of an interesting statement relates to like what me and Owen and, and Ziggy and, and Rob and all the other guys from the stats crew have been looking at when we're looking mm. at agency my stats in tournament setting. Right. So I'm just going to show you guys on the screen for a moment. Uh, so we've been looking at things like uh, specifically uh, with our potential win chance. Yeah. Or mm. our positive uh, win potential uh, is another one. So PWP. Um, we've been looking at. What happens if you take an army to a tournament and you've got the ability, so a five-round tournament, you've got the ability to go win more games than you lose. So basically just win three mm. games. Not saying you've got to win the tournament, but just win three games as opposed... Uh, so if yeah. you take Mega Gargants, right? Um, now, I'm not saying winning equals fun. But if you take Mega Gargants at the moment, based on the stats you guys can see there, Sons of Behemoth, you've got 74% chance, Right? 74% chance to have a positive win rate. Yeah. That doesn't mean a win percentage. It means like to go 3 2 as opposed to go. If you take Gits, it's 18. Per, uh, sorry. If you take Gits, sorry. Uh, so Gloom Spike Gits, it's a 14% chance yeah, to have a positive win rate. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that those are like inherently what we're talking about with the bone splitters. But why, mm. like, when you don't have any really fun rules in your book. Mm. And you don't have the chance to even really, not the chance, but your chance to even just have a positive win rate, let alone win a tournament, mm. isn't very high. And you're also your narrative has been stripped out of your book. What is your, what, what, what are you encouraged? Like, what is encouraged? What's the appeal? Yeah, what's the appeal? What's the appeal? Because yeah, the thing is, I, I was fully excited for Bone Splitters because we're we're in the realm of Gur for this season. It's all about monsters and big stuff. And you've got this army of monster hunters. That's that's their speciality. That's what they bloody do. Uh, you, if you were a Bone Splitters player, even if your rules weren't top tier competitive, so you weren't going to win, but your shit was geared around killing monsters. I guarantee you, knowing the just the kind of people destruction players are, let's not pretend that they're not anything other than a raving mob of lunatics. Uh, that if you were a bone splitters player, you would come out just being like your opponent would be like, "Good game, you know, uh, tough loss." And the bone splitters player is like, "I killed all your monsters. I don't fucking care about winning. I ate so many bones. Like they'd be that would be their their win condition is I kill all the monsters. Yeah. I don't care about winning the tournament. I don't care about winning my games." I care about taking every big thing I come across off the goddamn board in a spectacularly gory fashion. And that could be the appeal and that could be their fun, but they don't have well, that. Well, so that's what I like about the Wurgog Prophet, right? They've put some fun on a war scroll. But what I don't like mm. about the Battle Tone for Age of Sigmar 3 so far is they have reduced the fun factor. Yeah. Now, mm. the way the fun factor really existed before was there was a bunch of janky rules that you could combo together in some sort of insanity. Um, and mm. sometimes there was also some fun rules, but now there are less fun rules because there are less rules. Uh, they're probably the same percentage of fun rules. There just are less rules. Um, and also mm. everything feels a bit blander, uh, from these war scrolls. Yeah. But I'm hoping these are early edition books where they really start to flex mm. in other books and we get a little bit more intrigue, a little bit more interesting, but for goodness sake, I want something fun, 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 fun. 
I want to see some fun put on these mm. war scrolls, and I want to see and and bone splitters feel like they've also just had everything taken off them to some degree. Yeah. Um, but you can still do some yeah. fun stuff with them. Not. Yeah. Tournament winning good, but like imagine mm. a book that's bad at first release. It's pretty funny, uh, and all you can do is make them cheaper. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Because it's you can't FAQ rules onto them, unfortunately. No, uh, however, it would be it would be interesting to see uh, like an update. Like not doesn't even need to be like a hey we bug it up a little bit. Here's this. If it was just like here's some additional rules or here's a new sub faction or something that adds a lot of that stuff back in, that would be cool. It's a bit like like I put that mask up there with my like two other current favorite rules at the moment, and they're both sadly sons of Behemoth. One is the dude just toe punting an objective and kicking it. And I know that has a lot of play competitively, but I still just think it's fucking hilarious. And I think it's amazing that sometimes he winds up and kicks it two inches and impotently is like, couldn't even kick a goal if there was no goalie and he was right in front. Uh, But, or, and other times he just boots it across the world that and their ability to pick up someone and throw it at other people and hurt them by killing that. Like that's insult to injury. He's just like, sees your dude and is like, all right, come with me. Shebangabang. There you go. Say hi to your mates. Like I, I freaking love it. Uh, and so it's sad that bone splitters used to feature a lot of those rules. They weren't the competitive army, but they were the army with flying pigs and they turn you into a squig to increase their casting. They had all this ridiculous dumb shit and it was fun. And it's sad to see the, the the life go out of the naked crazies that live next door. Like they were the meth lab owners that live in the house beside you that you're always worried about. That was them. And it's sad that they've they've been given a job uh, and they, they're working nine to five now. So they don't have as much time for shenanigans. Agreed. Right. Dan, I agree. Great, great, great. Uh... I really need the lose, so I'm calling it. Um, listen, <laughs> uh, love you, Twitch chat. Dan, thanks for hanging out with me today. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on the bone splitters Pleasure. or anything else, uh, do leave them in the comments below. Uh, you're all gangsters. Uh, you're phenomenal people. We'll be live all this week. I'm going to do some extra long shows this week. So later on the week, I'm going to be doing some long-ass shows, so you can join me for those. Thanks for tuning in. You're all brilliant. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, being on Patreon, or being in the YouTube comments. Love you soon. Uh, love you loads. Thanks very much. See you guys soon. 